0: Today is Tuesday, March 7th, 2023, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian Podcast. I'm your host, Nate. Selective outrage. Let's chat about that for a bit. Internal critique. What does that mean? you think a bunch of smart people can figure this out. Smart. Who's smart? Uh, the parable of the ten virgins and like two other adjacent parables all talking about be ready. Um, Let's see. God killing. Do you hear that stuff's beeping? I cannot get a break um, or put things on silent. Uh, God killing David's son, and how does that conflict, if it does, with Deuteronomy 24 that talks about sons shall not be held responsible for their uh, sins of their father or vice versa. Um, did God break his own commandment? Is God bound by his own commandment? Commandment? Did God bind himself to his own commandment? Let's chat. And then might makes right. So if you haven't heard anything about that before, stay tuned. Also check out the Ask a Christian book, which is available on Amazon. And check out some Ask a Christian store stuff to facilitate discussions about Christianity so enjoy your Tuesday and have a good day enjoy this peace <laughs> so what you're saying is um th- these were all atheists and um gosh yes. I, I, anything anything I say is going to sound very self-serving but I mean I, I guess that's fine because of self-serving means you know you consider yourself a reasonable person and can you know consider us reasonable enough people even though we disagree on some you know theological or spiritual type beliefs but um our our general kilter and personality is is such that you feel more at home here instead of people who ideologically you may uh, or theologically or lack thereof may more align with but they're just more of a not your type of people (laughs) not your type of personality
1: or something and it's and it's funny because i i think sometimes there's um have you watched the uh have you watched the new Chris Rock uh comedy skit on Netflix yet?
0: Uh no, I plan to at some point. I have not yet though. I I I've heard mixed reviews. Is it good? Some people said it was kind of eh. other people said it was the best is in the last like 10 minutes.
1: I I, I quite enjoyed it. Um okay. it's because it, it, he talked about this stuff, you know, he talked about this one thing called selective I think actually maybe the title of the uh, the, the Was it selective, selective outrage
0: or selective, selective outrage.
1: outrage? Yeah. And and I have I have found that to be um, a very true thing, you know, where, and it's, it's like, um, I, I, I look at it almost like as a, as an equivalent to like bandwagon jumping, right. You know, so your home team, like you, you don't pay attention to a sport, right. And yet when your team makes the playoffs or something like that, you, you know, you jump on the bandwagon. And so I have found that to be true of many other social, of many social interactions, right. Where, you know, there are, these people who you know pick up pick up a mantle to something that they've never spoken about before right like they you know you've never heard them talk about anything in you know in a particular vein but you know with there's when there's enough kind of like cheerleading going on then they feel like, oh I need to be involved in this too. And so they jump on that bandwagon and engage in what Chris Rock calls selective outrage. And I find the whole thing very interesting, like from a, from a sociological perspective to kind of stand back and look at it. It's like, because I, I think that there's, I think it demonstrates a, a lack of awareness when they can't, when they can't see what it is that they're doing. And if you de- and if you dare to point it out to that, well, then you're just this pariah. You're the social pariah who is, you know, calling them out for their behavior. The, the whole thing is very interesting.
0: I, I'm totally with you. And I mean, um, you know, I, I mean, you know, no one, no one's immune. I would love to be like, it's because they're demon atheists join the club, which I'll still say join <laughs> the club. Your robes are, your robes aren't waiting. Um, But I mean, it's, it's like a, it's just like a personality thing. Like, you know, there's plenty of Christians, you know, people who call themselves Christians here who, you know, I, I mean, my gosh, I've actually had the block <laughs> Bec- yes. because it's like, Jesus, sure. That guy's fine. um, I guess. um, But it's like, you're so dumb because you don't understand ancient Sumerian. I'm like, okay, just, okay. I, I have to go. Yeah. Um, anyway, so it's like, you know, if you if you challenge or push back on one little thing um, certain people tell you, they're just like, no, 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 you're so wrong. Let me tell you. And if you, like, question them, and, you know, I'm, I'm not... I don't know. A lot of times, like, you know, if it's um, if it's non-Christians or if the topic is like religious, then, I mean, you've heard me like I'll let non-religious people, you know, say a lot of stuff that um, I don't know. I try to be a little more gracious. But if it's just kind of like a, a belligerent, I don't know, whatever type Christian, I'm like, bro, just just take a step back. Maybe, maybe I'm a little uh, biased towards policing my own, but um, I like, might just take a breath. Be cool. Same team. Um, unless you know you keep pressing, then I'm going to be thinking, well, maybe we're not on the same team.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it is interesting, and and I will. And, and it's funny you talk about ancient Sumerian. It's like, it, it, yeah, it's no nobody pays attention to ancient Sumerian, right? Except people that are in that field. You know, like uh, like you know my my friend uh, Dr. Josh. He 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 wrote a book on how to learn Sumerian. You know, like, here, here's a man who is an expert in this kind of stuff. Like, those are the people who pay attention to that kind of stuff. Normal people don't pay attention to that kind of stuff. And so when somebody says, oh, you know, you, you, know, you haven't studied this, it's like, yeah, I haven't studied a totally dead language. You're right.
2: Sue me.
0: <laughs> What's up, Kevin?
2: What's up? Welcome. Mean? How you doing? Good morning, y'all.
0: Good morning, good morning. Anything on your mind today? Care to weigh in about uh, ancient Sumerian?
2: <laughs> nah, um, I'm not an expert in ancient Sumerian. Um, you know, I study some of that stuff from time to time uh, in regards to different topics. But um, it sounds like what you guys are uh, talking about is um, people are judging you for not knowing it. Um, uh, so, uh, I mean, I don't know, man. Well, There's a lot of a... wacky people on this app. Well, that was an example.
0: I mean, I, I you know, I should put... Uh, josh down there in touch with my cousin if he cares like i i think he um oh i'm gonna mess this up i, I think he was like studying it was like some dead language i don't know if it was like sumerian or some sort of Ar- aramaic i i don't know there's some like dead language you like got like a double doctorate in and does nothing with i'm like why like if you're gonna put all that effort in i mean it, do something like that you know you know there's a question uh, I don't know, just my, my thought in my head, I, I seem to meet a lot of people lately who um, do something that their field of expertise is not in. Like, you know, they have like a their, their degrees are in something like wildly different, like really hard to even translate, right. except at some like super, super basic level to the field they're actually in. And they're like, oh, you know, I, I went to school. I did all this, you know, for like six years. Or eight years in some cases, and they're like, "Yeah, I, I worked in this field for like a year or two. I didn't like it, so now I'm like something totally different." I'm like, "What? <laughs> That's crazy!" Right. Um. Anyways,
2: like I got a degree in business administration, and all of a sudden now I'm, I'm looking at nature of ancient Egypt. So yeah, I don't know, man. It's uh, some people, you know. But you know, man. I mean, it's it's just, it's a lot of wild people, man. On the app, uh, they all have their various ideas. Like I just came out of a room where. This guy was like he was trying to impose his, his New Age thought on the Bible and his presupposition and rules that uh, should be applied prior to understanding what the Bible is actually talking about and what it's trying to convey. Uh, for oh. example, he was trying to say, oh, uh, you know, did God create evil? And I'm like, OK, what do you mean by he creates evil? And he's like, well, you know, did he create rape and this and that? I'm like, no, he wouldn't have created rape um, because he detested it. Why would he create something that he detests? You look at the context of what's been talked about. And he says, yeah, but everything has to have a duality. So he can't be good and there's no evil. So God has to be evil. I'm like, well, where'd you get that from? And So like, it's like they want you. Uh, so, so constantly what happens, and I don't want to change the subject here. Uh, but when you get in some of these rooms, uh, they always want you to abide by their rules and their laws of the world and how they looked at them and how they observed them. But yet at the same time, you have to do it on the basis of their opinion and their worldview, which they have not examined nor studied for themselves. So it's like, a, which which way does it go? Like, uh, are we using your foundation or mine? Because uh, yours, uh, you know, new age, hence, you know, it's, it's not, uh, it doesn't trump the Bible.
1: But it, It's hard. It, there are lots of people who have studied. And, and you have to kind of, I didn't notice that Josh was down there before. And so I'll, I'll say something that will both make him roll his eyes and hopefully laugh a little bit. Um, yeah, you should definitely, Nate, you should definitely put whoever it is in with Josh. I mean, Josh speaks like 94 languages. So, um, and of course, that's not true. I'm that's being a little one. hyperbolic. Um, yeah, but uh, like he, he does, like, I think it's uh, ancient uh, Hebrew, I think, uh, Greek, Sumerian, um, Akkadian. I'm pretty sure there's another one. And other ones I'm probably either missing or messing up. But yeah. And, and and you're you're gonna have a hard time finding somebody more more humble and more will, willing to help pretty much anybody um
0: than uh than Josh. He's just this
3: amazing person.
0: Welcome Chris. Uh, Jesus is watching you. By the way, Michael, I sent you that uh you should have an email now. Oh okay.
1: Oh yeah, but the the one thing I was gonna say, so uh to, to something that Kevin said. So I think what What the person was probably referring to when it comes to evil is because if you look at so if he was reading the king james then he was referring to isaiah 45 7. uh where it says you know i create light i create dark i create good and i create evil i the lord do all these things um now there are other translations that say calamity um and i've i've had that reference back to me people say oh no 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 you're not understanding if you go to the actual greek it's actually sorry for the background there's a grocery store um uh, you know, it's, it's actually calamity. And I've, I've said to the person like, well, yeah, like, like calamity's a good thing. And so it's, it, 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 I think that's probably what the person was, was referencing. Um, it might be a little dismissive though, Kevin, for you to, to suggest that people that are critiquing it haven't necessarily looked into it. Like I, I critique religion in the Bible a lot. I've also studied and read it quite a bit. Um, not as much as, as my, my friend Josh in, in the, uh, in the audience, but still a, a fair bit. And when I don't know something, I ask him cause he's an expert. Um, so at least on this, the, uh, some of the ancient stuff. So it might be a little, um, dismissive. And there's also this thing that, that I try to do, um, called an internal critique. And I'm sure you know what that is. So I won't bother wasting your time explaining what it is. Um, and from from an internal perspective, that's where that's where some of the problems can come in. It's one of the reasons one of the reasons why I'm no longer a Christian is because when I was looking at this stuff, and I'm like, okay, so from this from this perspective, these things are difficult, and sometimes in the end, not possible to reconcile. Hopefully, that makes sense.
2: Mm, no, I mean, I wouldn't well, agree with that. Uh, I guess one will have to examine do an internal critique of the Bible to see how these things what these things mean, right? Um, so, no, I don't I don't dismiss it from that point of view either. Um, I actually look at the entirety of the scripture, and see what it's conveying. For example, we have statements such as in Ecclesiastes 721, that God has made man upright, but it is him who seeks out their evil inventions. Uh, that will remove his responsibility of placing that evil in him or verses such as Jeremiah 19 and five, where he says they have built the high places of Baal to which they burn their children as fire offerings to Baal, something I never commanded nor mentioned nor has it ever entered into my mind. Uh, so, uh, those verses there offset the idea that he will create evil in that perspective, uh, uh, of saying that, Oh, everything that is evil, uh, God has created. Uh, I can't make that, uh, I can't, I can't make that decision when the Bible, when the Bible logically aligns itself, that God is against such things. Uh, his redemption plan, for example, uh, is for the reversal of such acts. Uh, What he plans to do and what he's trying to do uh, is is the very purpose of showing or uh, displaying uh, his goodness. Um, So uh, that's why I can't take the position that he will create evil uh, for the sake of, well, let me just make this thing and then be against the very thing that I made. Um, Rather, what the Bible conveys is let me go ahead and undo this thing that has happened with uh, the imagers or the uh, the autonomous uh, that I've created have caused.
0: I think I'd say that, you know, I and mean, going back to the calamity thing, like, like calamity is a good thing. Uh, well, I mean, it's not evil. So, you know, I mean, I guess that's the first case, uh, first case they're making. And I think King James is the only one that says evil. So, you know, yeah, shout correct, out to King, right.
2: correct. Sh- Shout out,
0: ki- shout out to King James. Uh, I would say that. Uh, so. <laughs> You know, first of all, evil is not the same thing as calamity, right? They're two different words. So I mean, calamity yes. doesn't make you calamity doesn't make you think it's a fun thing, but that makes me think a lot more like you know Tower of Babel or confusing languages or something like that. Um, you know, for for a definite reason um, versus then outright. Hey, I'm just gonna like you know poke ants with uh with pins and make 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 do evil things just uh you know for kicks. Um, so I guess I guess there would be that, and then it makes me think of another thing as a Facebook group god i don't i don't want to publicize this and i can't because i'm I'm, i don't even remember the name but it was something about like fishes kisses facebook page and it was like a some kind of weird messed up play on like the the what was it called the Igthus or ithikis whatever the little jesus fish thing and it was like
2: yeah it's actually like
0: yeah so it was like a play on that but it was like super progressive like so progressive chris would explode like he would literally explode I'm using that rightly because that's exactly what would happen. Um, Like, it was just like the most, and this is coming from someone that like has a fundamental belief of the Bible. Right. So like not, I mean, they would say it's how they interpret it, but I mean, Michael, you would even say like, as you know, a neutral party, you'd be like, no, look, I understand there may be like a liberal side of Christianity and conservative side, but this is like next, next, next level. So it's like just the most like cringe stuff. It's like, um, you know, I, I don't need the Bible to tell me what love is. Um, I use love to tell what the Bible is. I'm like, oh, God. Anyways, it makes me think of that, like how people are so wrong to Kevin's point. At, at some point, it's like not even about like a difference of opinion or interpretation. It's like, you're just like a, like so wrong. Anyway, those are my thoughts. Chris, or uh, Camille, I don't know you, I don't think. What's up, Camille? Do you want to say anything since I think you're new? If you're speaking three two there's a mute button somewhere up there just click the little microphone and you could speak um uh, let us know if you find it chris what's up chris those memes were fire today <laughs> oh oregon trail where you to like shoot the the, like, you the 90s game where you'd like shoot the yeah yeah would shoot the animals yeah camille did you have anything to say
4: yeah yes. yeah I, i'm sorry i had a little bad connection right there um i'm sitting in my car but um I, I wondered if you uh, guys would mind letting the gentleman explain what he means by internal. I think he believe in. Uh, I think he said internal inspection. Was that the term he used? Internal critique. Internal critique. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so,
0: were you talking to so Michael or Kevin? Yeah,
4: which one? I I I think the Michael may have been the guy who first used that term. He said we all need to do that. Okay. Go I ahead, just, and I, yeah, yeah you guys need to know what it means. I'm sure you do. I I just want to hear, you know, an explanation on what that actually what he's saying by that.
1: OK, right. so since okay, you so. started
4: out,
0: Michael, go ahead. And if Kevin has anything to add, we'll go to him next.
1: Yeah, yeah. Or certainly if there's if there's not a point of agreement. But it, I mean, it's I don't think it's terribly controversial. Basically, an internal critique means that you step inside an individual's uh, perspective and and look at it from look at it from that perspective in order to either possibly find areas of agreement or disagreement with it but but it, it involves basically stepping in stepping inside a perspective typically not your own right so i i will like for example if i look at um like well you take anything from the bible that i would find disagreeable um and, you know like uh well since josh is here slavery um if I, you know, if I step inside and, you know, uh, and I do an internal critique of Exodus 21 or Leviticus 25, 44 through 46, right? I can look at that from an internal perspective and say, yeah, yeah, this is still a bad thing, right? There are there are warrants for, you know, how to uh, collect uh, and own people as property. And... Even from an internal perspective, like from a Christian perspective, I can see where that's not a good thing.
0: Does that make sense? Uh, Camille, did that answer your question? I
2: mean, I, I, think, I think we said a, lot, yes. a little bit more. Yes, my brother,
4: I'm sorry, I think it's my uh, connection still, but um, uh, it's, it's not what actually what I thought you meant by that, but that that makes me understand your comment better. I'm sorry, uh, thank you for answering. I'm enjoying
0: okay, the yeah. discussion. No worries. Sure, sure. if you have a question, just uh, let us know. Uh, go ahead, Kevin. Do You want to add something or say something? I
2: mean, like just for the layman, uh, an internal critique is just experiencing the information and, and all uh, the uh, things within that idea from within it. Uh, meaning that it, for me, in order for me to understand what it is that the Bible is actually talking about, take the perspective of the Christian and understand everything, its terms, uh, its usage, and everything else. An external critique is just critiquing those things that are from outside uh, based on a different set of premises. Um, so, for example, um, if I were to make opinions about America, it would be different from me living in America. So me living in America and having experience in America uh, makes my opinions about America a little bit different. That would be what was cons- would be considered to be an internal critique. Whereas if I did not live in a, c- a particular country and then make uh, remarks about that country or premises about that country without living in it. I'll be an external critique,
1: yeah. That's actually a way better explanation than I offered, so that's good, yeah.
0: <laughs> and uh, Camille, yeah, if you have any questions or anything else, uh, that you'd like to ask or hear talked about, please let us know. Uh, all of us are here like every day, we're like regulars, <laughs> except Kevin. But I'm glad you're here, Kevin. Uh, Chris, what's up? How's your morning going? Have you died of bad theology? Is that uh, a confession?
5: Never, no, everybody else. <laughs>
0: But, anything on your mind? Or let's uh, guess just, you're uh, at the doctor or having uh, breakfast. Correct.
5: At the doctor's
6: office. Oh. Marquise, how's your morning going? It's great. I am in transit, um, traveling. we here. <laughs> yeah. Um, but all is well. Hopefully, the background noise of the road and these angry drivers, angry morning drivers, aren't too much. But um, life's good. Just in, in enjoying the conversation um yeah and internal critiques that's a thing
0: hey
7: reb good morning good morning i was just bouncing around you know i would have always thought internal critique had a little simpler one which is if you state a series of like postulates like okay i'm going to assume x Ah, y right there it's not simpler yeah well, I'm just I'm gonna yeah, I'm just gonna assume these statements he's made as fact and we're just gonna continue on from there. So when someone says, I believe what the Bible tells me, okay, I can't critique you for saying the Bible is wrong. We'll go ahead with you believe what the Bible tells you and continue going. But that's kind of like how I would have taken an internal critique. It's just whatever you say is facts. We're not gonna dispute the facts on the table. We're just gonna keep going from whatever facts you wanna lay out.
0: Okay, hang on. I've um okay. I, oh, here we go. I have decided to defer to chatbot. And I said, chatbot, what is an internal cri- uh, critique definition? It started spitting out like four paragraphs before I stopped it. And I'm like, no, no, put this in the simplest possible terms. And it's still gave me a paragraph. Uh, internal critique per uh, chat GPT in the simplest possible terms says, internal critique means examining your own work or ideas carefully to find ways to make them better. It's like looking at yourself in a mirror and asking, how can I do better so that you can improve... Uh, your work or yourself.
6: <laughs> do we agree with chat GPT? <laughs> we do well, not. Well, there's a, there, there I, so there are multiple contexts, right? Um, like, you know, there might be a philosophical definition as opposed to a health or biological going, definition, yeah. as opposed to, so the, the definition may vary based on the field or the context, right? For instance, from a literary uh, or compositional or grammatical perspective, an internal critique is, uh, the definition of that would be uh, validating a novel, you know, cause that's, that's my background, novel or short story or poem on the merits of its own internal mechanisms, right? So not judging it based on the rules of grammar, which would exist outside that poem, or um, uh, not allowing uh, historical context, or cultural context to influence your interpretation of that particular work, but just looking at the themes within the work itself. So people will do that with Shakespeare, or they'll do that with Robert Frost. It can Speech be.
4: Check reported ahead on Sam Houston Highway.
6: Sorry, uh, it can be you know internal in the sense of you know an individual work, or internal in the sense of an anthology or collection of works. People will take Robert Frost's poems and critique them against the greater scheme of his other poetry, or people will do that with Shakespeare. So it it depends on what field you're talking about. I think within the context of this conversation, what Michael and and Kevin have presented is more or less what uh, the definition would be, internal critique as in stepping inside of someone else's perspective and proving it right or wrong or seeing it as legitimate or illegitimate from within their own perspective. Okay, you so know,
0: machines you know, machine. are are truly going to replace us all. Uh, you got to mute, uh, Marquis. That is super mild. Oh, my gosh. Ah! Um, machines are replacing us all. Okay, so as you said that, um, <laughs> I said, now from different perspectives. Give me a philosophical, biological, and theological perspective. The theological perspective, in simplest terms, which is two paragraphs. And by the way, if anyone listening wonders what the heck we're talking about, it's internal critiques because uh, no one has given us uh, – a better theological topics so if you have a question uh or comment or something about religion or Christianity please Ask it in chat or jump up on stage. Otherwise, we're going to finish up this real quick. So GPT says, from a theological perspective, internal critique can be seen as a form of self-examination. We're not getting away from this. Uh, That helps individuals to identify and correct any flaws or shortcomings in their beliefs or behaviors. It is based on the idea that individuals are called to continually grow and improve in their faith and moral character by engaging in critical self-reflection. Individuals can identify areas where they may... uh, identify areas where they may be falling short in some of these ideas and work to change things. The process can help to deepen an individual's spiritual connection, and understanding. You know what? This seems to be a theme is, is chat GPT. I'm thinking it's more right. And what we want to say, because I totally know what Michael was saying about stepping into someone else's like playing field and then viewing well, from their point. I'm thinking internal critique may not be the right term, or there may be no, a better that, term we're trying to
7: use. That, that is the right term. Because, for example, I'm actually going to go against Michael, and I would say if I'm looking at the Bible, an internal critique of slavery in the Bible, I would say there's nothing to critique. There's no inconsistency in the position the Bible has said. It has a lot of rules for slaves, and never later does it say having a slave is horrible and bad. So it doesn't have a case where you have two statements that contradict each other. So it is internally consistent, and in fact, it's an external critique that we bring in there we know as humans that slavery is bad we don't you like it you so, so we bring that in
2: right well, so, so we bring really... that into the book yeah, yeah but it's so, it's, it's oh, sorry go ahead well, hang
0: know. on uh, samuel wanted to say something too right after i've done cutting him off um so the true internal critique would be a practitioner of this like one of one of the christians here on stage and then really examining from a true internal perspective the way michael's presenting it although i you know, you can, you can link it that way. It it wouldn't be internal in the purest form because he's like an outsider. He doesn't believe this stuff anyway. So he would step into our playing field and be like, okay, let me put my Christian hat on. Now let me critique this as if I were a Christian while not being a Christian. So maybe internal critique, but not in like the, the purest sense, right? Because he's not actually on the inside. He's coming from the outside to the inside putting on his inside hat so and then going i did cut samuel off, so by that go ahead and write,
7: well by yeah. that well, but by that definition is it possible to give an internal critique of star wars there's no practitioner of star wars that's internal but we could say look the you know you look at the last jedi or one of those movies and they do the warp speed and destroy a ship by going into hyperdrive and slamming into it and we say wait that's inconsistent with the rest of the movie series. They've never done that before. They've never done it anywhere. And they would have done it. There's a big problem when you don't allow, like that's that should be a thing constantly. It's internally inconsistent now. So when you call that out, can you say you're making an internal critique? Because you're like, like no one said, well, they should have just teleported. Um, You know, torpedoes there. Well, they don't have teleportation. That's not how it works in Star Wars. So that would not be an internal critique. But the idea of they have two things that are inconsistent is an internal critique of the Star Wars
8: universe. I can go
0: with that. Uh, Samuel. Hang on, Samuel. What uh, was that first
7: definition
8: that you read? uh,
0: The really, really simple one?
8: The first one, yeah. Uh,
0: Internal critique means examining your own work or if you're putting on the hat of someone, um, your own work or ideas carefully to find ways to make them better. It's like looking at yourself in a mirror and asking, how can I do better so that you can improve your work or yourself?
8: Yeah. Yeah. I would go with that one. Uh, Because that sounds like you're looking at it, trying to find uh, places where it's not functioning or you don't understand why it functions the way it does. And so from an inside perspective, I'm learning how and making the effort to improve it like, like the AI does. AI uh, machine learning does that. It goes over, examines and re-examines how things are done. And all the information, the new information coming in causes the AI to be better from an inside perspective.
0: Kevin I think you wanted to say something next.
2: I yeah, know. I did. So, um see so, so uh what was said earlier was a uh, proper, right? Uh we have it, it really depends on Marquise. I think he said this that uh it will depend on the area in which we're studying, right? If it's biology, philosophy, um if we're dealing with uh literary work or anything like that. So, in it, in it, and, and, and so in the context of the Bible what I mean is um let me see if I can make a quick example here. Um let's say if I was criticizing Islam right now, would Islam be false according from the perspective of a Christian? Yeah. All the premises, right. It would be right. So uh, if one were to judge Islam properly or being a proper apologist, they will have to examine the elements of Islam from within Islam itself based on his own premises and his own uh, either if they're inconsistent or consistent. Uh, So for example, uh as a Christian, I could say uh Christ was not made from the mud, right? So you have a Sora that may state that Christ was made from the mud and this and the other. Yet we have a narrative in the Christian Bible that says what that he was actually incarnate and always exists in eternal, right? Based on whatever theology you want to take. But then if you go into Islam, if you go into the Quran, you can find the inconsistencies within Quran itself just by using its own text, by saying, Okay, in one spice here, it says that Jibril blew the incar- the incarnation of the flesh of Christ inside Mary. And in another instance, it said he was made with uh, by the mud. So an external critique will be weaker than an internal critique. The internal critique always trumps an external critique. Uh, and, and that's how apologists work. The way we work and the way we actually formulate arguments is to actually take an internal critique of the idea, using the premises of that idea within the idea, uh, to refute or to support. Uh, whatever it is that we're talking about. Um, But that will, that's how we will apply it in the case of uh, religion and philosophy. Um, Philosophy may be a slightly different, but that's how we will actually falsify an idea or identify an idea uh, is by using those methods. Um, So it's always better to do an internal critique versus an external one. You don't want to go ahead and try to justify or falsify an idea based upon something that, uh, uh, you have no. You have no. Based on your own worldview, pretty much, on your own standards or premises, what you want to do is dive into it and actually get in the uh, the ideas from within the context of how they uh, think, and then uh, make your judgments and uh, premises based on that.
1: Yeah, and, and that's. Um, I think. Yeah, I think actually, rabs Sorry for the background noise. I think actually, rabs did a did a a good, a a good interpretation and probably said what what I mean better than I said what I mean. And I think it's, yeah, like, so if, even if I, so like going back to what I said about slavery and doing the internal side, like, so even if I assume the truth of, of the, uh, of the worldview, right? So, so I assume that Christianity is true and then step inside and look at, and then critique whatever it is happened ba- based on still having assuming, you know, having assumed the truth of the proposition. I can still say that something is, is quote unquote wrong with that, even though. I'm assuming the overall truth of the proposition, but I think, I think Rabs did a good job of representing uh, what it was. I meant to say.
0: And I mean, I can see how it kind of, kind of, I guess goes nowhere depending because I can, as I'm hearing it, right. Like when, uh, when Kevin was talking about, you know, the internal critique of like Islam and uh, you know, how you can point out internal consistencies and things like that. But then, you know, like what you're going to get back is no, no, here's how it's completely logical and completely, uh, you know, makes all kinds of sense just like when people would say that to us. Right. And it's, it's weird, right? It's like, you, you really have to like, this has to be your world, right? Like, or you really have to have to, I don't know, approach it from the same level as, as like the adherent observant adherence. Otherwise it's, it's, it's like a faux thing. So it's like, you know, if someone is trying despite their best efforts uh, efforts, if they're coming from the outside to try to take in your spot and then be, okay, well, look, I, I'm assuming Christianity is real for this exercise and I'm just reading your Bible and here's what your holy book says and this is why I say it's logically inconsistent, cannot be rectified. And I'll say, okay, well well no, this is not a problem because of this. And it's like, well, how does one see it and one not? And I I, I don't know because you know it's like there's always going to be a rebuttal. There's always going to be an answer. So it's like at what point can you really point out like, hey, this one said he was made you know, like in like an Islam? Like this this one says he was made from from Eve, and then over here it talks about like a stick in the mud. Like I'm just waiting for someone to beg. Like, no, no, that part's a metaphor, or that part's this, or you know, there's always going to be some type of rebuttal, which I guess is, is aside from the actual point of just trying to view it through their eyes. It's like next level deep, but um,
6: but Nate, I- to that to that end, if so, for someone who I, I get what you mean, right? As, as far as there's always going to be something somebody's going to say to you, caveat or you know potentially rationalize. You know maybe some inconsistency in their thought process i think the line is drawn in whether or not that caveat or that quote-unquote validation or explanation is consistent with what the uh system thought the thought system or belief system says of itself right so if you know some christian says oh yeah this thing that atheist pointed out is an inconsistency in christianity that's not really an inconsistency because of a b and c reasons but then when you examine a b and c reasons not only have no other christians ever posited this in history or used this as an explanation to solve for a b and c but the assertion of a b and c actually further contradict the aspects of you know the holistic belief system um and and that ends up being the case well people will say oh you know like when when within Christianity, if you have um, modalists, you know, who say God is unipersonal and uh, Trinitarians discussing things, and then they'll say, oh, no, this text, what it really means is this. Well, if what you're saying it quote unquote really means, is it consistent with the grammar that's used? If you have to completely divorce it from the linguistic context, then is that really the explanation or is that something you're positing? There is some objective foundational thing where you can check it even within the context of that belief system to say you know this thing that you came up with you know as a rebuttal in really legit um and so that's that's really the importance sorry for the background noise but that's really the importance of truly stepping in because if you're going to poke a hole in an external um or from an external perspective if you're going to poke a hole in someone's belief system you would need to truly understand how they see their belief system and how it's supposed to work according to them, right? Like if well, I say, oh, the five pillars of, um, the five pillars of Islam are, are utter trash. They don't actually perform the, the work of salvation that you say it does. But I don't know that they have six pillars of Imam that are supposed to work in tandem with that. Well, then I came, you know, to the conversation incomplete and unprepared and half dressed if you will. Yeah. Well, yeah, I get that. You uh,
0: see what I mean? Well, so, Hang on, I wanted to go to Emmanuel real quick because I always want to jump to new people um, to keep them from running away screaming. Um, Emmanuel, what's up? Uh, do you have anything to say um, about this or anything else?
3: I do not. I'm not sure what you guys were talking about, but I just had a question, seeing as though um, you guys seem to be a lot more learned in scripture and stuff like that. I was going through Matthew chapter 20... Five and um I guess I just probably I didn't understand when you know um let me find the part um not the final judgment. Um Mm-hmm. Um Would it be about yep. Yeah. Uh just just about not the not the not the talents. Um
0: the judgment or the ten virgins?
3: Yeah, yeah, the ten I think I think so. I think that's kinda of, but I, I wish I wrote down the question that I had um in my mind. Um But yeah, I guess I guess my question um is when, you know, when the master, when the guy is he has like the feast and then, you know, um there's the guy that wasn't dressed appropriately and then he sent him out even though even though he said go out to the streets and invite whoever to come and this person wasn't dressed appropriately. Um, I'm just wondering why why do you guys think that the why do you guys think that um, the God just sent him out and sent him away to a place where um, gnashing of teeth and so on and so forth? Why do you think that the Master did that?
0: Well, so, so first of all, it's not about um, it's not necessarily about like the clothing or being dressed. Um, you know, I'm just going to okay read it. It's all not right. that long um, just to catch everyone up. So the parable of 10 versions. Then the kingdom of heaven a parable of ten virgins, parable, parable. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. Uh, for when the foolish took their lamps, they took with them no oil, but the wise took the flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But as midnight at midnight there was a cry, Here is the bridegroom, come out and meet him. Mm-hmm. Then all those virgins uh, you know had their lamps uh, had their lamps ready, and the foolish ones said to the wise, give us some oil for our lamps are going out because they didn't bring enough oil. And then the wise one said, uh, we brought enough for us, but we can't give enough to you uh, and still have enough for us. Uh, mm-hmm. go, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. While they were gone to buy, the bridegroom came and said, the, and those who were ready went with the bridegroom to the marriage feast and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins who went and got oil came back and said, Lord, open up, here we are. But he answered, truly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day or the hour. And this is talking about the the return of Jesus. So it's, it has okay. nothing to do with like, well, to, to your question, it has nothing to do with what they're wearing. It has everything to do with being being vigilant and not being like, well, I believe Jesus. That's cool, but I'm just gonna you know concern myself with every care of the world, with everything but Jesus. And you know, um, when I think uh, when I get later in life, after I have a family, after I establish this part in my career, then I'll get more serious about you know the Bible, Jesus, my salvation, oh, my God. my faith.
3: so it's saying
0: be watchful and be vigilant
3: okay okay yeah i i i was just i figured you guys were on and i could just you know come up with the question or the part of the part of the the scripture i'm going through the like the um the gospels um as they're laid out in the scripture you know matthew um mark luke john um and so i've just been doing that and so This parable, I think, kind of confused me a little bit. So I figured I might as well ask you guys. Are you confused now? (laughs) I would say so, yeah. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, because, I mean, I don't know. I couldn't, like, I was just wondering why this parable and what it could mean and why Jesus would say what he said.
0: Yes, it is definitely a call to be ready Practice what you preach. Be serious. Be prepared. Okay. Um, instead of looking around, be like, "Oh, crap! Oops." Okay. Would okay. anyone else like to add any little thing to that?
2: I mean, you pretty Three. much summed it up. Okay. I don't want to dig, dig, dig into it. Um, okay. Yeah, that was
3: that was
6: my only question. I'll still, I'll still man you real quick, Nate. Um, So there is a similar parable um, where uh, Jesus is talking about he's describing the kingdom of God. And in essence, what he says uh, is that there is another wedding feast and he's talking about the same kind of of wedding feast. Um, But it's a different aspect of it where he goes and he invites, um, you know friends, more or less, I'm gonna paraphrase, but friends, family, and and, you know, all the respectable people in town, he invites them, gives them an invitation, and everyone makes an excuse like, oh, I I got this land I gotta buy, or I gotta do this other thing. They're basically coming up with excuses for why they can't attend this feast. So when the master hears about it, kinda ticks him off and he says, all right, fine, forget those Bubbas. Go get anybody you can find. Go to the hedges, to the highways, to the byways, Go grab anybody that you see, regardless of their status, regardless of anything else, uh, and bring them into the feast. And so the his servants go and do that. They go gather everybody up, and they pack this man's house out. Like, this wedding feast is popping at this point. Then all of those people who had better things to do, they decide, hey, you know what? I'm going to go check out this wedding feast now. Turns out, you know, my other plans didn't work. I'm going to go check it out now. And when they get there, there's no room. They are not allowed in. They're left outside. Once again, this imagery of in outer darkness, where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. That particular parable goes toward, um, you know, the gospel or the truth um, of God, the law, all those things being revealed to the Jews first, and them sort of rejecting it. You know, as evidenced by them crucifying Christ and sort of rejecting him and continuing to persecute his followers after his uh, resurrection and ascension, et cetera, et cetera. And then the gospel being given to the Gentiles, not necessarily the quote unquote chosen a few. You know, Israel is considered the chosen people, um, but anybody else. And so then the banquet is full of those people. And then there's other people that want to come in after the fact. And you can sure you can be sure that people in the hedges and the byways and highways, you know, working on the side of the road somewhere. They're probably dressed, you know, some in some manner that's not necessarily super classy but you see this welcoming aspect just as a um another parable that sort of shows it not being about the class or the status or what the person is wearing you know these people are coming however they are and they're being accepted because they decided to come because they treated it as a priority that's the that's the uh overarching theme just wanted I mean, to throw that the parable
0: out of the... oh, thank you yeah that's the parable of the banquet it's in uh, Luke 14 15 through 24 in case you're curious
3: yeah um i think i think in that same parable wasn't there a gentleman with the moss of the banquet um there's a gentleman that wasn't dressed appropriately He's like why are you dressed or yeah i think it was a wedding I, think, I i think i'm probably mixing up parables at this point in time but like how yeah, the 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 master of the banquet said, "Okay, you dress like this, you need to leave." And and I guess maybe that was confusing to me because because he said he told the servants go and bring everyone up on the streets, but then this person who was there wasn't dressed appropriately, obviously, because he probably wasn't of that ilk of that class. And then we're still told.
0: Oh, you're thinking about the wedding feast, uh, Matthew twenty. Yeah. All right, look, let me go there. Uh, Matthew twenty-two.
3: It's twenty-two,
6: okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that makes
3: yeah. sense. 20... Yeah, I'm I'm sorry, I'm mixing up parables. Right,
6: and that's why I said I think the overarching theme, because I I I don't know exactly where he where that was, Nate, but I think the overarching thing is about preparation, because as you said, if he brings everybody. I don't think it's a I don't think it's a matter of this one guy just didn't make the cut with his threads like his 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 fit just wasn't right. I don't mm-hmm. think it's a, a perspective like that. I think it's a it's about the fact that this person likely like everyone else who was gathered randomly off the side of the road mm-hmm. from the same class state, if you will, or status. Um, this person may have had the opportunity or ability to dress better than he did. But did it. What makes you say that though? Because of these because of again these other parables about the bridegroom coming, about these other wedding feasts where you see the welcoming arms. It's all talking about Jesus. All of these all of these parables about the with the ten virgins. Uh, With the rich people Versus whoever else decides to come And even with this person who's not dressed properly It's all talking about Jesus coming back That's the singular common thread That's the common ground in all of them So you see him Welcoming but you also see Even though he's welcoming to all He has a standard About how you should respond To his invitation Mm -hmm. And even though that Invitation is open to all if you don't meet the requirements of the response to that invitation, you're getting kicked out. You're getting bounced. Okay. And so that's, yeah, so, that's the point. Be prepared is the theme.
3: Okay. Okay. Yeah. That, 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 that helps. Yeah. Because I guess I didn't, I don't know. Cause I think maybe it's probably not good to do this, but, um, I think, I think putting everything in the context of what Jesus was saying. So this um, parable of the wedding feast isn't out of context to when Jesus is talking about the ten versions or when Jesus is talking about the, um, the servants with the talents or, um, you know, all the other parables. Okay, so yeah, that makes sense. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Of course.
0: Do you have any, uh, any other questions on your mind?
3: Um, no, I mean, I just, I had a question. I guess I came with my question and so you guys answered it. I don't know what you guys were talking about before, but yeah, thank you.
1: Uh, Nate, are you okay if I revisit the internal critique thing or are you done with it?
0: Oh, since no one else has anything at all. By the way, if anyone has anything at all, speak up. (laughs) Go ahead, Michael. I'm back.
1: Um, Okay, so one of the things, okay, so here's, so when I was a Christian, Here's something that uh, caused problems for me, right? So, um, the st- the story from Second Samuel, uh, King David's baby, right? Um, so, here's so here's here's an uh, an example of an internal critique. Okay, so First John four says that God is love. First Corinthians thirteen defines love. Everybody's familiar with this from the wedding stuff, right? Love is kind, love is patient, not boastful, yada, yada. And then you uh, look at the story from Second Kings, right? Um, so David, and for context, I'm sure most people are aware. So David cheats. And then as a punishment, uh, God makes his baby, his son, sick for seven days and then dies. Okay. This for me, like even internally, this is not what someone who like is defined as love does. It is not kind to do that. God would have had the capacity to uh, just, um, you know, when David's baby went to sleep one night, just take him in his sleep. Right. He didn't have to suffer in sickness for seven days um, before. And so there's an example of an internal critique, like looking at the Bible, looking at what the Bible says, and this is when I was a believer. This is something that caused me trouble. Anyway, that's probably a okay. better example.
0: Yeah, I, I get it. And then I mean, you know, you you know our answer would be like, well, you know, love and justice and taking into account like, well, you know, first Corinthians, what is it, twelve or fourteen or whatever? You know, love is patient, kind, blah, blah, blah. Always hopes for the best. Um, talks about it doesn't rejoice at wrongdoing so i don't know if you could if you would say that's threading a needle or something where you know god is certainly not rejoicing at wrongdoing but it talks about you know isn't there thing why don't we just go to it but it talks about something about rejoices at justice so i don't know if um, you know you wouldn't say maybe god is rejoicing at you know david's uh, adultery or his affair um, but he would say well that was wrong so god's not taking any any happy thoughts in that but justice is being doled out in the form of you know god taking david's baby i do want to say though in the eternal scheme of things i wonder if we could be in that baby's mind a true internal critique if we're thinking baby you know if you remember that seven days because you know you didn't know how to talk or walk or anything like that yet um did you notice some sort of conscious pain for a week um and you know presumably you've been in heaven for thousands and thousands of years and will be here forever and ever and ever so if if that seven days of of misery visited upon you by a holy and righteous god if you notice that sucked um would you hold that against god i mean i could just imagine if those premises are true the baby would be like nah man nah i don't even remember that i don't care or yeah it was the it was the worst seven days of my life i didn't know anything else but i knew it was like an awful week um compared to i don't know forever um i'm not gonna hold that against god maybe maybe that's me being like uh, romancing the passages too much but i like to think if that were me I'm like, no, man, short, short, temporary pain. Like, you know, my, my thought that a hundred years, we're all dead. Everyone, you know, and love is all dead. So like, even in a hundred years of the most unimaginable torture and misery, um, compared to forever, infinity, um, I'm not going to hold that against God. And I mean, there are some who clearly do. And, you know, they're like, okay, well, you know, it's, it's like this high-minded, like, you know, abstract, blah, blah, blah. But when you're actually the one suffering and stuff like that, it's very different. Yes, but let's go to the, to the martyrs in the early church. Um, you know, they, they actually suffered and were tortured for really long times. Um, I I like to think that they're probably not holding that against God. Um, at this point, like maybe they're like, yes, that sucked. So, you know, if you want to hold that against God, which some people certainly do, um, and and they'll probably, you know, go away from God yelling and cursing his name. Um, but the ones that don't, like, no man, bigger picture, 60,000 foot view, um, that sucked. That wasn't fun, but we're, Awesome. Now, thanks. Just my thought.
1: No, no, and I can appreciate that. And it's funny because so like, um, one of the things like as I attempted to reconcile it within myself years and years ago, one of the things that I thought about was, um, so I, I'm I think it's Ephesians one eleven that says everything's done for His purpose. Um, and so I I was tr- I was I was trying to find solace in that, right? Taking your uh, what'd you call it? 60,000 foot view, uh, which is, you know, it's, it, that, that's a, it's a neat thing. I'm, I may use that, um, but, it, but it wasn't, but then there were other things that made it hard for me to kind of hold that reconciliation as I'm trying to think critically about this, because one of the things the Bible says, and there, and there's two, and I'm not remembering the verses now, so maybe somebody can look them up. Um, there's one Bible verse where it says God will not punish the son for the sins of the father. And yet in 2 Samuel that's precisely what happened. That is not um, what happened. You're reading that and, incorrectly. Uh, okay, so what did, what did the baby do to deserve to suffer? Chris?
5: Nothing. He lives in a fallen world.
1: The right, okay. I all, the time. All, all Samuel
5: did was predict that the baby would perish. It wasn't that God had death upon the baby you just predicted that the baby would perish you're not reading
1: it correctly okay and now
0: i'm gonna to have to pull it up so then what well, that that kind of goes to my example earlier like how there's a rebuttal for everything and some may be just like pulled out of thin air and others like i mean i i agree with chris like you know if you're if you're really internally being super diligent and just critiquing um i mean if the if which I actually want to see the actual words. And I guess we can go through a couple translations for kicks, but I mean, if, if, you know, it's not like a divine judgment or he's like, God will take this baby from you. But if it's really like, Hey, you're going to have a baby. You send, here's the fate of that baby. Then it would be reading into it to say, God did this. Um, so, so I mean, what would you think about that then? I so mean, I guess that it- would just be putting guide rails on the internal critique.
1: Um, maybe a little bit, um, and, and it's funny, like, I, I appreciate, I, like, um, I'm not trying to be, Chris, I'm not trying to be combative with you, and I appreciate your perspective, um, but it's, you know, it's like in, uh, 2nd Samuel, uh, where it says, uh, 2nd Samuel, uh, 12, verse 11, it says, this is what the Lord says, I am bringing trouble to you, um, from your own family, uh, while you watch I will take your wives blah 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 blah. blah. Um let's say here. So so it does say that this is what um this is like God is saying, this is what I'm going to do to you. Um and and and, and it's funny. So I like like I said I I I have bounced back and forth on this several times, right? Because, you know, again, if if Ephesians 111 is true, right? And everything's done for his first for purpose, then Then from, from an internal perspective, if I accept the Bible as true, well then, and I've heard you say this before, Nate, like, so God's got his reasons, right? And I've heard you say before, you know, and maybe, you know, one day if you stand before him, you can ask him what he was thinking, right? But it, it, yeah, I'm not trying to be uncharitable. It it does sound a little bit like, you know, kind of trying to make excuses. I, I have talked to some apologists, um... Or maybe I won't call apologists. I'll just call people, you know, believers, Christians, who. I think that as
9: yeah, did Christians. Did he get a
0: call?
9: Or. I think that as Christians, at the end of the day, we have to accept that.
0: Uh...
1: Siri, hey, sorry, Siri. Hey. Siri decided uh, I, I was asking it, her something. Um. Anyway, yeah. Maybe
0: that's enough.
9: Uh, go ahead. I, uh, I, will go ahead. I, I will. I think that as Christians, at the end of the day, we have to accept that uh, God is behind all things, you know, because uh, for Michael, he could uh, ask questions such as God's providence and that God is providential and he governs all things. So God is behind all things. We can water these things down, but at the end of the day, we need to admit that God is the first cause and the prime mover of his providence.
0: Serendipity, welcome. Would you like to contribute to this or uh, a <laughs> <laughs> Um.
10: Well, you know, I, I think essentially for me, it comes down to um, in that story with David the the punishment, I don't think, was as much directed at the infant who... Ultimately, wound up in the arms of the Lord. I think the punishment um, was—it was David's punishment, you know, due to his actions. um, He robbed himself of the life of his son, and for me personally, you know, this kind of ties in perfectly for all good things because ultimately, that that punishment from who is from a God who is also a just God. I mean, He's a righteous God, and He's a just God. This was prior to Christ. <clears throat> um, he restored uh, David's fellowship with God, which he needed to do um, to, you know, bring on the messianic line. So I don't know. As a parent, um, I think losing a child is probably one of the ultimate punishments in life. So uh, when I read that story, that that's just how I chose to look at it.
0: And so I guess to... Um... Yeah, I mean, there are two ways, Michael, and I mean, I guess you would, my my advice, which no one is going to be able to do for the foreseeable future, would be, you know, you have to, like, all these questions, which that's a good one, it's fine, I like it, um, but you have to now reconcile this with the entire Bible, um, and then I guess, whose Bible? Is it the Catholic Bible? Um, consider that. Is it the short Bible? <laughs> um, so, I mean, you would t- well, you would want to take all the scripture to reconcile, like you, you did with Deuteronomy, you pulled back from Psalms and or Samuel and Deuteronomy. Um, but I'd say reconcile all that together so yeah I mean you can certainly read it as God is God is like going on the offensive and and doing this Um, or I guess you can read the the other side the more favorable view which both I think are are right on that like edge of consistent one way or the other it's just how you read it and you know how do you reconcile Deuteronomy 24 with it Um, so I would say first of all it's it's what we talked about like you know it's it's justice and, you know, God is love and God, you know, can fit the definition of love. And he is the, these things and all this, but he also does have justice. Like he is, he, I mean, he's the only one who's the true and righteous judge. It says, so, I mean, he can't just be like all loving and be like, all right, well, you can skirt the justice system. And then Deuteronomy 24, 16 states, which this is the last point I'll make and then we'll say hi to Stephan. Wait, if one Stephan and the other is Seren Stephanie, right, we'll figure it out. Um, So it says, father, and this is a Levitical commandment, right? So it says, fathers shall not be put to death because of their children, nor shall children be put to death because of their fathers. Each one shall be put to death of his own. So this is a law for the people. Um, So is it, uh, would we then say, well, God's a hypocrite by not following his own laws that he gave man to follow? Or would we say, no, God is sovereign. This is what God's rule for his people is. So if people were exacting vengeance on a father for something their son did, or vice versa... That would be transgressing the law given to them by God. So is God bound by these laws? That's like where the Bible, where one of the laws talks about human sacrifice, and it says you can't have human sacrifice. That transgresses God's law. But then you have Jesus showing up, giving his life, and, you know, commonly people will say, see, that's human sacrifice. That, that's a contradiction. But we we'll say, well, is God bound by his own laws, or is, is God God, and he can do whatever he wants if he wants to lay down his life being fully human? Yes. But also fully divine, then that's fine. Like the reason, perhaps, that that's a command no one else can do—human sacrifice—is because this is the role God takes for Himself. So is that the is that perhaps how? Again, I'm just spitballing. Is that perhaps Deuteronomy twenty-four sixteen says, "Michael, don't you dare uh, pass judgment on someone's son for the sins of their fathers"? That would be breaking the, the law, which, by the way, is never yours anyway, Gentile. But you know what I mean. So is God bound by His own laws? Or is God giving these laws because he's the only one that can rightly fill this role? Just a thought. So I I, I don't want to be relegated to the I'm making excuses for God. I would like to be relegated to that's thought provoking and is just as good as saying, you know, there's it's internally inconsistent. What well, say you, Michael? You're amazing. That everything is right. I realize I was wrong. Give me those robes now. All right. Well, whenever you can speak, just let us know. Um, Chris what do you think about that since you were here for the whole conversation would you read that similarly because I mean when we're talking about the Levitical law that's God giving these laws for his people I mean that doesn't mean God can you know God's gonna be like, "Hey, I'm telling you one thing and, maybe, and I'm going to do another I'm such a hypocrite it's more like well I'm God so I have a specific role that I'm doing and because of that I don't want you to step on I don't want you to try to like get in my way or mimic me or copy me you're not God you don't have my judgment so Here's a law for you that says, you know, don't punish family members for their other family
8: members' wrongdoings. You know, what rubs us the wrong way uh, as humans is that God didn't include us in his decision-making plans, and we don't like it. He gave us a little bit of who he is within ourselves, and we have mind. And we have uh, intelligence and reasoning because of what he did. And so with that little bit of himself that he gave us, we view him from that perspective and we insist and we demand that he bow down to us. But that's not how he created us. When he created us, he created us good. Everything was good in the garden. And he decided that in this garden, there would be the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And he gave mankind instructions not to disobey. Mankind disobeyed. The consequences of his action that God said would happen, happened. He said, the day that you eat of this tree, you will die. And from that point of disobedience, mankind began to die across the board in many different ways but if we go back to that story and we look at the story when god came for a reckoning to mankind he asked him where are you and mankind began to interact with a uh, an entire different psyche he said i hid myself i was afraid and i hid myself god says afraid so I i was naked he said i was naked he said who told you you was naked have you eaten from the tree? I told you not to eat from. As soon as he and I'm gonna land right here, as soon as he asked him that question, what Adam did was blame God. He said, It's that woman that you gave me. And that's what that's how we are. We don't we don't recognize that God is sovereign, created the world, created the garden, put the things in the garden and gave us an opportunity to choose, and we chose death, and now it's his fault. That's how we are as humans. We can't help it, because that's what sin does. That's what sin is, I rest.
0: Uh, Chris, you were gonna say something?
5: I'm just enjoying that Pastor Sam is sounding more like R.C. Sproul every day.
11: Oh, he's not. You leave <laughs> really Sam <stand> alone. Welcome, <laughs> Steph. <laughs>
5: Oh, serendipity,
0: I don't think you've actually said anything. I think I've called on you like three times and stopped you every single time. What's up? Say something.
10: No, I did.
0: Oh, okay. I, yeah. My brain scattered.
11: No. <laughs> no, I did. What's up, Steph? I missed the initial part of the question, but I enjoyed everybody's input.
0: Oh, that was, uh, what's up, Steph? What? <laughs> uh, you missed the question when I said, what's up? That was the question. I
11: uh-huh, don't was okay. so caught that. And
0: uh, yes, yeah, so
11: was it was Michael asking why the Bible says that sons can't be punished for their father's sins, but then David's son was killed? Was that the question? Uh, yes. Okay, then I got it. Yeah. Good answers, everybody. Well done.
5: Yeah, and, and <laughs> uh, Michael the thing, did you the thing that he's talking about is Ezekiel 18. And so because of the passage in Exodus 20, where it talks about the sins of the fathers, be passed down you know for three generations it's not what it's actually talking about and that was a common misconception amongst the jews of the day and that's what god is addressing through ezekiel in ezekiel 18 that there is no such thing as quote-unquote generational sin it's a lie and so that's what he is referring to and michael is exactly correct that you know the sins of the fathers will not be counted against the children um and, and what this story is showing us is that even with our abject repentance, which is what David did. This is my favorite story in the Bible, by the way. Um, what David did was he, he got down on his face. Instead of having Nathan killed, which he could have done as the king, um, he got down on his face and he repented before God. And he begged God for his son's life but he was not going to be free from the consequences of his sin. And and it's not to say that God killed the baby in order to add that as a consequence. It simply was the natural consequence that was going to happen no matter what um, to that child. So it's, it's it's not that God was punishing the child, and it's not that God was punishing David with death of the child it was that that was the natural outcome of the sin
0: and i i mean you know to uh i don't know uh to to be fair i would say you know if you read second samuel which i'm not reading this directly out of the bible so you know i think it's right um second samuel 12 14 and 15 apparently states but because by doing this you have made enemies with the you have made enemies of the Lord to show utter contempt. The son you, uh, the son born to you will die. Um, this is the conversation about Nathan and David, right? So, I mean, that would, I mean, if you can trust the general internet, um, like I said, I'm not reading this right out of the Bible, but I have no reason to think it's lying. Second Samuel 12, 14 and 15 seems to say a quote, uh, but because you're doing this, you have made enemies with the Lord to show utter contempt. The son born to you will die. But then I would say, you know, Deuteronomy 26, 24, 20, 16 like we just talked about just because it says fathers shall not be put to death because of their children has nothing to has no bearing on God is God the law adherent or is God the law giver? God's the law giver. So I'd say if David killed his son, he's like, Oh, my sin. Now I have to punish you. That would have been, that would have been a great time to bring up Deuteronomy twenty four sixteen and said, David sinned even more uh, by putting his son or someone putting his son to death for what the father did. But when you have the law giver doing this, um, you can't even say it's a hypocrisy card because you could say no that's a role reserved for the one person um you know who who is not a human like this like he is divine He is god
8: anyway by rule that would david, be my thought david should have been should have been stoned himself but but now, read that what you just read again and you will see something that hasn't been brought up read that portion well, that you just read
0: the uh 2 Samuel 12 14 15 states yeah. Because by doing this you have made the enemies of the Lord and show utter contempt, the son born to you will die.
8: That part. The the before the, the
0: all of that before the son born to you,
8: that's important. Because You've made it, enemies of the Lord. It, yeah, you did this. You 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 made the enemies of God see God in a certain way. If I allow you to get away with this, they'll think that they can get away with it. This is a loving father. What we have here. This is not. This is not uh, revenge or anything like that. And it, and it is God protecting uh, not only His reputation but His people from their enemy.
0: Uh, hey, Psalms. Did you have anything to say? Question? Comment?
12: Um, no, I was gonna. I was just agreeing with you earlier on when you were speaking, about uh, I think you were speaking about David's son. Um, so yeah, I just came up to agree with you. That was it. But yeah, you kind of explained everything properly. So yeah, that's it.
8: All right.
0: Serendipity, Steph, you've been the most quiet too. Anything on your mind? Would you like to add on to this or start a new discussion about fun nicknames for both of you?
11: <laughs> you go first, girl. Go ahead, Steph. I got no nicknames. I like Stefan Dippity. I think that's good. Yeah.
10: But then and I can oh, go we? I can oh. go
11: with Saren Stepity. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, Saren Stepity and Stefan Dippity. There, there you go. go. That's
5: pretty good. I like it. See, I bring things to the table. I brought you Stefan Dippity and, and Saren Steppity. Well done, Oh, look how Prideful.
8: Yeah, well my pride will kill me. <laughs> Hey, Nate. Have nope. you have you read Psalms one fifteen
0: and three? Uh no, you want to read that for us right now? Yeah. I mean
8: I have but our God not currently. is in heaven and he does all that he pleases. Period.
0: There you go. Uh okay, so Michael, I don't know how much you've heard. I think you cut out at one point uh, when you were talking, but we're you able to hear us. What are your uh, what are your thoughts on this? Like as we've as we've been parsing through this uh, being, being as internally, uh, critiquing from your side as I can crawl into your head. I would say, look, there's some, there's some conjecture, maybe true, maybe false. Um, I would say, you know, maybe the Christians are kind of skirting the issue or making excuses. Um, I would like to think the part about, you know, just because the law says something for humans. Um, yeah, that's a fair point. God is not bound by his law. He's the one giving the law for other people to follow. Um, and then what Samuel just said, um, you know he does all he pleases. So I'd say, well, it may not make someone feel warm and fuzzy inside, but I mean, yeah, that that kind of wraps that up with a nice bow. What say you, Michael? uh Oh, unless you ha- are trying to speak and something happened to your mic. So um, yeah, we if you're speaking, we don't hear anything. You may want to unplug He's got your Canadian headset. Canadian or...
5: internet, you'll have to forgive <laughs> him for the Canadian
0: internet. Uh, I'd love to hear your reply, uh, Michael. If you can leave and come back or fix that somehow.
5: But by, by the way, Nate. God is bound by his laws because his laws are a reflection of his character and nature.
0: Well, you know, like the
5: what? Well,
0: you know, like the like the Levitical laws, right? That was have stuff like that can't even apply to God because he's not flesh and blood, right? So like the sermon, you know what I mean? Not like yeah. not like universal laws, not like God God laws like God cannot lie or stuff like that, but I mean specifically like, hey, here's 613 commandments for your Israelites to follow. That's what I mean, right? Like there's clearly stuff that, you know, uh, like have no other gods before me i mean you could either say that it doesn't apply to god because he is god or I, I don't know i'm i'm throwing it out but you know what i mean like that's the law in the sense i mean like when it says deuteronomy 24 16 states the fathers shouldn't be uh, won't be put to death because of their children nor the children be put to death because of their fathers yes uh, i view that as humans cannot do this uh, because that's the law from god that would be transgressing but if god wants to do that you know perhaps in the in the case of david then he gave Deuteronomy twenty four sixteen. It's not like, hey, I'm giving this to you humans and myself. I'm binding myself by this own law. He's like, No, here's a law, do this. You're my people, you're set apart from the other nations. That's what I meant. Not not like God can't lie or make rocks so big it can't move or some like universal thing. Does that make sense, Chris? Yeah,
12: yeah, yeah. Sure. I'm gonna say the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. So if God decides to do something, and, you know, we might not understand it, we might we might think, oh, no, why did God do that? At the end of the day, he's the creator of heaven and earth. He created everything. Without him, we wouldn't even be able to speak, talk, move, and all of that. So, as for me, if God decides to do whatever he wants to do, who am I to say, oh, God, why would you do that? Because at the end of the day, I, I fear God. I fear God, it's a, it's a fearful thing to fall into the presence of an almighty God. Because at the end of the day, he made everything, the sun, the moon, the stars, all the animals. Are so, yeah, if he wants to do whatever, he can do whatever. I'm not going to question it. God, do whatever you want. Like All I say is God have mercy upon me and um guide me, protect me, lead me and um show me the way and uh, lead me that's it, I don't, I'm not going to say, oh, God did this, so I'm going to try and um, uh, put some hierarchy of myself over God and say, oh, God, how dare you do this, that's what a lot of people try to do, I mean, who are you to say, oh, God, why did you do this, You're you're nothing compared to God Almighty, he made everything, you can't even create nothing, human beings, we still can't create life, we can't even create a fly, up until this day they're still they're still fighting still trying to figure out how did life come about how did you know how did god create all of this they still can't do it they can't create nothing the only thing that's here is what god has made so i feel like god has the right to do whatever he wants to do whatever he pleases because he's god almighty and we should fear god and worship him because he is worthy to be praised and that's that's that
0: I'm right there with you, Psalms. Uh, Steph, did you enjoy those? Oh, uh, shout out. Uh, jump on our Discord server. Um, the link is somewhere. Check my description. But uh, all kinds of fun hilarity ensued this morning. Steph, you have Chris to think. A lot of those memes came from him. So, uh...
11: fantastic. Sorry, I'm distracted. But uh, yes, that is. A... thank you, Chris, for the fantastic memes. I love them.
5: They're <laughs> <laughs> pretty good. That came from Protestia, um, actually, which is a site I read pretty pretty often. Let's see. They've gotten kicked off of every platform, so.
0: So it must be good.
5: Must be good. It's the forbidden fruit of the internet, Protestia.
0: Reverend, did you uh, figure out a new uh, ID or a new name? Are you uh, still driving?
9: Perhaps still driving. I'll probably end up changing it to like Brother Miller or something. But you know, I had many people on here think that like I'm a ordained minister because of my username. So I'm going to end up changing it. I'd give yourself a title. I'll do an honorific like a friar or something.
0: Friar Nate. Hmm. No, one what does a friar people... even mean? <laughs> friar. Yeah, a, is that like a, a Is it a late, slang,
5: word for, slang word for brother?
0: So not necessarily like ordained, like someone like initiation or will be ordained, but not quite there yeah, yet? No, they're,
5: um, they're like an initiate in a, um, in a monastic order in the Catholic Church in the Middle Ages.
0: But you wouldn't call them like a, a priest?
5: No, no, like monks were not priests, necessarily. Could priests be monks? Yes. But not all. Priests can be monks, but not all monks were priests.
0: All thumbs are fingers, but not all fingers are thumbs. All jacuzzis are hot tubs, but not all hot tubs are jacuzzis. Correct. Who's got one? All right, so next time we see Michael, just tell him that we solved everything and he's totally wrong, and if that's why you left Christianity, just come back. 'Cause we wrap that up nice.
5: Yeah, I mean it's just a it's just another it's another instance of the problem of evil, right? Like people want to impugn the character of God for terrible things that happen. And God is judging the world for sin. And if these terrible things went unpunished, you know, like the atheists love to bring up, you know, whatever the whatever the news de jour is you know, and it's like, well, yeah, God's punishing sin as part of his judgment on the creation. So what happens?
0: You know, I, I mean, there's got to be like some, like I keep, I keep thinking like, what's, how far down is this reduce? And each time I think, no, no, it, it's this level. This is how you can reduce like the human condition further. And I, I you probably have something to say about that. So maybe bad term, human condition. Um, but I think like I don't know. Either you're someone somewhere between like Mike makes right, just get on board or, you know, get vaporized. Um, and also, like, you know, the claims of the Bible, God is love. You do see the character and qualities of God of God that are good and also ones that don't don't make us super happy. Like, a, you know, if it's directed toward us, like, you know, justice for the stuff we do, consequences for sins. You know, we don't love that, but but we take it. And we're like, OK, well, just like a parent, we we understand this, like there's discipline, there's correction. Like, you know, the Bible says God disciplines those who he, he loves or whatever, those who are his. So if you're not disciplined, that's kind of a kind of an extra problem. So it's really like, is it? I mean, it all traces back to like pride, right? Because it's like those people who are like, it's not fair because X, Y, Z. Therefore, um, no, your God is is mean. If he exists, he's bad. You know, he does this, blah, blah. It's not right. It's not fair. He could have done this. He could have done that. Well, Psalms, and I agree with him, was just like, hey we're just kind of like be grateful and humble ourselves and, you know, take what, like, like the parable or like the story of the woman who's like, even dogs get to eat from the master servant. then the prideful people be like that's so bad. She's like calling herself worthless, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, like by com- comparison, like you're a mortal of uh, you're a bag of dust. Uh, and then the comparison is the God of the universe that created you. So, I mean, you don't have to consider yourself necessarily a worthless worm on its face, but were you compared to the God of everything, then, I mean, what else are you rightfully going to be be like? Like, oh, I'm a shiny golden God. Ah. Like, I can just see lightning striking down. But it's like, no, I mean, I really think the right answer is a dose of humility and be like, look, um, I, I do have a worth given to me by my creator. On the other hand, I'm not going to be so prideful and arrogant as to question that God. Like, I'm going to be happy with what I get. Turns out what I get is reconciled to my creator in this fallen world and eternal life. So, you know, that's a pretty good deal. I'm happy with that. Oh, welcome, Michael. Are you hearing us now?
1: Yeah, yeah, I was always hearing you. I just had a fire that I had to put out. So, literal? No, I, metaphorical.
0: I say like a literal?
1: No, no, metaphorical. Metaphorical.
0: Okay. Uh yes, yeah, so we solved uh, the question come back to Christianity.
1: <laughs> uh I needed that laugh after my phone call. Um <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So um, can you give me a, can you give me the Coles
0: on what you are? In three points, the milk stool with three legs that will compel you back to Christianity, at least because of this argument, is basically going from what you say. So not even even putting in my stuff. Um, Your premise is true. Your interpretation is true um, for this scenario. Uh, David commits sin. God says, baby's going to die. I'm killing that baby. That's the price for your sin. Then you say it's internally inconsistent because of Deuteronomy 24 that says son shall not be put to death for his father or, you know, vice versa, son and his father. Um, That shouldn't happen. So that's a problem because God did what the law says. Um, And then the point that we concluded was, well, this is a law for Israelites. God didn't bind himself under this law that says, you know, a son shall not be like this is for people who are supposed to be set apart as Israelites. So, if they would have done that, that would have been sinful. But God is the law giver. He didn't say, I'm going to give you this law and then also bind myself to 613 commandments. So then Psalms 50, uh, what was it? Psalms one, uh, Psalm something, 100 and something. Uh, Samuel read, was like, uh, which is a lot closer, I think, to Samuel in that passage. Not that it matters. It's not chronological order, but just whatever. Uh, basically, it says God's going to do what he pleases. So you've got that. So I, I would say that would, and that was just like from sourcing this. For What 20 minutes so taking the worst case scenario of your reading um, on its face God kills David's baby for David's sin your counter is Deuteronomy says son shall not pay for the sins of the father which is exactly what happened to David then the response to that is um, if a human would have carried that out that would have been sin and that would be the correct time for Deuteronomy 24 but to hold God for a law he gave for mortal men. That's that's a different category. God's not bound to you know the six hundred and thirteen Levitical laws, um, and then to boister that, um, you've got Psalms one fifty something that says God's gonna do what He pleases. So there you go, internally consistent. Check mark. Where should I uh, send your rubs?
1: You may just want to hold them for a little while longer. <laughs> um,
0: you got a yeah. candle. Uh, I'm getting well,
1: an incense so you know burner, really, too. So, you know, it's really funny. This just reminded me of something. Chris, you said I got a candle. Uh, Nate, I'll re- I got your email. I'm going to respond with one. So um, <laughs> All
8: right.
1: uh, I'll respond with another one. And it's uh, and feel free. You can actually I give you license to use it however you would choose. Because I know you'll be generous. Uh, I know you'll be gentle with it. But um, uh, for from and I don't know why this just prompted me. It may have been Chris saying candle anyway to make a long story longer. Um, you know how they have those prayer candles, right, with Jesus oh, picture yeah. and stuff on them?
5: Yeah, we're right. Dr. Fauci. They've
1: got the Dr. Fauci. Prayer yeah. Candle. So um, my wife did one with my picture on it, so I'm a prayer candle too. Um, so, Bro, uh, do you
5: sell those? Do you sell those like on your atheistblogspot.michaelcanadianatheist.com? I don't. So, like, on sell. A temple
0: Doorstep. I, I
1: don't sell anything. All of my blasphemies free of charge. Um, but uh, no, anyway, I'll, I'll Nate. I'll, I'll send it to you. But no, anyway. So it is interesting. So the uh, the counter from Deuteronomy is one thing, but one of the hard. So and that's that is a piece of it. The harder part for me to reconcile is is the is the quote that I gave you from First John four and from First Corinthians thirteen. I understand, and and again, this is one of those points where. We just you know where we reach the end and use you, and you've asked like you've asked a hundred million times before or stated a hundred million times before you know this is this is your answer, I accept your answer, it's not particularly satisfying for me but I accept that you've given an answer uh, regardless, Um, but the the, the 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 counter to that you know basically God you know doing what what he wants yeah like if. If what you believe is true, yeah, fine, right? Uh, And there, there are there are more. uh, There are even more uh, Bible references that even I can come up with than that. Like the, um, you know, it's like uh, when you know God was having the conversation. I forget who's having the conversation with. You know, but the you know the potter and the clay. And you know, where were you when I formed the foundations of the world? Right. So yeah, if it's all true, yeah, you can do whatever you want. And it might fall into the category of might makes right, although I understand some of the baggage that gets that that is associated with saying something like that um but for me it it leans more towards um like the um the reconciling verse that you offered, you know to kind of explain it to me um seems like more special pleading. And I say that understanding that it's coming from my perspective as, as an atheist. From an, internal, from an internal perspective, it wouldn't be difficult for me to, to reconcile. But from the outside, it's like, yeah, you're just saying, um, who's a, somebody who said this recently? I forget who it was, an internet, uh, another internet atheist. He said essentially, um, rules, rules for me but not for thee. And I get that, again, from the Christian perspective. Like, yeah, God can say what he wants. He can say, do this. And like a parent, right? You know, do as I say, not as I do kind of thing. I get it. Sorry to be so yeah. long with it.
0: Well, you know, actually, the might Makes Right is an easier pill for me to swallow. Um, it's one I kind of like to use, except it's not entirely accurate um, based on my beliefs. So I think if people could be reasonable, which, I mean, people here probably can, um, it would be easier to say might makes right and then work back from there instead of trying to like work up and have someone push me into that. It's like, well, let's just start with might makes right. Ultimately. I think, you know, there are some people who in their pride, which we were talking about right before you came back in, you know, you'll hear them talk and it's just laughable, but sad. They'll be like, well, because if God is real, then I'm going to tell him this. And I'm going to tell him this. And if your judgment day is right, then I'm going to give God a piece of my mind. I'm like, okay, slow down killer. I'm like, If what we say is like a 10th true and you're face to face with a sovereign God, I mean, I would be more worried about, you know, conspirates like poop on themselves because that's what you'd be trying not to do. So if that's right, I I think there may be some people just because just for whatever sake that, you know, go away to God and shake their fists at him and, you know, do the gnashing of teeth all the way to, you know, a fiery existence Um, just in the interest of because there may be some people. But the amount of people saying how if this is right, blah, 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 because God did something bad to them, um, they're really going to tell him off and they would never follow him or serve him. I think that number is going to be either zero or very close to it. Um, I I think, you know, if people are really confronted with the image of the God of the Bible, uh, they're not going to be in a place to tell him off. Um, So that's where like Mike makes right would come in. A lot of us, even if it was like an outright evil God, right, that would be a real like crisis of conscience I'd have to deal with. And most of us, like, if you really have this image of, like, an evil deity that shows up, empirical evidence, testable, repeatable, blah, 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 and it's like, hey, I'm evil, ah, I do evil things all the time, evil, ah, or I'm going to torture you. A lot of people who are like, I'm a good moral person, I don't need your Bible to teach me how to be good, they would be evil in a heartbeat. There's a lot of Christians who, if they were confronted with that, you know, I'd have to have a conversation with myself, and would be like, well, I mean, you know, what's the least amount of evil I have to do and still not be tortured forever? So, I mean, you know, if we're being honest with ourselves— we would all like to think we'll be that shining example of nobility that stands up for right and honesty but really might makes right has a lot of persuasion or persuadability so if we start with uh, don't mean to be long-winded either michael there sorry but so so if we start with might makes right and i'm like yes i will follow this god because i believe this god exists therefore i mean you maybe say might doesn't make right but might certainly makes the way things are So uh, I'd be like, I will play ball. Yes, I will humble myself. I am a lowly, lowly servant, just like the Bible says, created only a little lower than the angels, by the way. So, I mean, you know, there's total, you know, the people are sinful and their hearts are far from God. But, I mean, it's not like we're the lowest things ever created. But in comparison, we are so far below an almighty God. You can't even, I mean, you can't even tell how far below we are. That's the point. So it's like, yes, I will humble myself. I will follow you. Whatever you say. Fortunately for us, the whatever we say is, well, Repent and believe the gospel, I will reconcile what you, do, you me to you, and I am love, and you see all these good quality attributes, and, you know, Jesus, like his time on earth, and you look at his life, you know, you see, even when David repents, yes, some justice is doled out, some heads will roll, but, you know, how many times does he call Israel back, all, the, like, constantly, like, every chapter, they're, like, going away after foreign gods, like, you know, all turning into, like, these terrible, terrible people doing terrible things, and God's like, look, if you'll just turn back to me, all's good, all's good, just turn back to me. And they do over and over and over. So even that God is like, hey, like, you know, you want me to kick kittens for you? I'll do it. He's like, no, no, just believe in me. I'll reconcile you. I am good. I am love. I want you to follow my example. So it's this good moral thing as well as spiritually good. So I'm like, great. In this case, I can have my cake and eat it too. The God I believe in that I would like, you know, club a seal for um, says, not only do I not need you to club baby seals, but I am good. I am loving. I love you. And this, this is my character. So we can follow this Almighty God, who is also good. So that's that's the position I take.
1: Yeah, no, it's a, yeah. So so I changed I sent you the email, Nate. By the way, don't
0: kick kittens and don't club seals.
1: Yeah, exactly. The official position of asking Christian. Yeah, um, right. So I, I um, you check out my PTR now, you'll see the uh, candle. But I sent you, uh, I I sent you the pic as well. <laughs> oh
5: my! Oh, 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 oh! Yeah! Oh, oh, oh. oh boy! Yeah. Yeah, that may be yep. one of my favorite things I've ever seen.
1: Yep. Everyone, You're change
0: le-
5: your profile picture to that
0: right now.
1: You're welcome. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah. So it it is interesting,
1: but but and on a on a serious note, yeah, I have heard uh, to, something to what you said, and 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 I get it. Um, but what you have said, I have heard. Uh, I haven't heard Christians say to me, but I have heard Christians like in other discussions. There's, I'm sure you find stuff on YouTube. Um where Where people have said basically it's it is the fear right of God that keeps them from doing some things that that I would never do, and i and I don't even have the belief right like i've like um there's a an interesting line I forget who it was it may have been Penn Gillette who said once he said i've murdered just as many people as I want to, and as it turns out, the number of people is zero um and and I would say the same thing, right? Like I don't have this quote unquote critical moral compass, even though some would say, yes, the moral law is written on your heart. Uh, fine. Um, but like, I, I don't have this, this thing that is apparently guiding me like, like everybody else does. And I seem to, you know, negotiate life just fine. Um, so it, it, it is interesting. Um, yeah, maybe that's enough to just not go down too many rabbit trails. I,
0: I agree with you. So, I mean, you know, people are people, right? So there's going to be many ways to mix and match this. There will be some people who are just like what you said in every way, um, and they don't believe in a god. There'll be people who are just like you in every way, but they they do believe in a god and are Christians. They're like, well, yeah, I mean, you know, I I do this uh, not because I fear punishment, either because of their the way they view God, or because they you know they just happen to do everything great and moral and blah 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 um, by happenstance. Um, And then there would be people who, I don't know, I would say, you know, full honesty, like myself, um, who, yeah, I don't I don't need a book to tell me not to murder people. I don't need a book to tell me the the big basics, right? The big the big 10 or whatever, like uh, lying, cheating, stealing, like all these big moral failings that pretty much everyone's going to agree with. I I don't need a book. I don't need God to tell me that, except the moral compass pointed in my heart. Um, That just happens to be, you know, I've I've done as much of the stuff as I wanted to. I have as many heads in my freezer as I want to. By the way, that's a big zero. So, um, God or no God, that number is still zero. Um, however, when it gets to more like, you know, uh, subtle type sins, the Bible would call it stuff that you don't even consider sin, right? Like, um, uh, like for uh, example, gosh, uh, what can I, what can I use an example that doesn't make me sound terrible? Um, let's see. I, I don't know. Like, okay, this, this is not me. I, I, I don't, I wouldn't cheat on my wife anyway. I'm happily married man, but it's, it's the one that comes to my mind because I'm think I'm trying to think what would non-christian or non-religious people think is not necessarily bad so i mean not not even adultery because most of them like you would say cheating on your spouse is how bad because you how about just
5: regular fornication like people do every day
0: or yes i think that's or. where it's going going to right so like that regular fornication i was trying to think i'm married so how do i reward this anyway so if i'm not married um never been married there we go love you honey don't kill me so you would probably think well you know hooking up with lots of people you're also single because you took vows and you went on cheating your wife so we're both single dudes and you think, well, I can hook up with whoever I want, and, you know, I have I have normal concerns, like, you know, diseases, attachments, children I don't want, things like that. But as far as just the act of, like, you know, hooking up with people, you think, no, that's that's fine. It's not a moral issue for me as long as it's consensual and blah, 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 everyone's happy. Good. And I, I would think if I was didn't have these religious-type beliefs or leanings, I would think, well, sure, sounds fine as long as everyone's happy, everyone's consensual, blah, blah, blah. um, Fine. However, because I do have these religious leanings that tell me that, you know, anything outside of God's view of a, a husband, a wife, and, you know, God and their marriage, um, this is not God's idea of marriage, therefore it is sin. So that w- that has kept me, you know, even in my single times, from doing things that I otherwise would have done, because because fear, I guess you can say fear, like, you know, someone talked about fear of the, fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So there would be an element of, element of I guess, fear but a more proper way to say it is like, you know, you you don't want to do that. It's like, you know, the Bible is true, I believe, when it says, you know, you're given this new nature, this new heart. So you may have like these fleshly temptations, like, oh, I'd really like to do that. But at the same time, it's like, well, no, I really believe that, you know, Jesus died for these sins, and I'm reconciled to my creator. Therefore, I want to live a life after Jesus and do what pleases my creator. So yes, while my earthly, you know, dust bag skin suit is pulling me towards these kind of like fleeting fleshly desires, um, just as much my, my spiritual leanings, like, I don't want to do this, because I want to please God. So it's not like a fear, because, you know, someone told me, or, you know, someone made a point once, and I'll shut up, that, you know, technically, you can, you want to go kill people, you can do that. Like, you know, Jesus paid for your sins, you can do whatever you want. However, if you truly believe Jesus, you're not going to do that, because of what I just talked about. So it's like, we have freedom in Christ. We can do technically whatever we want, but with that freedom, we're told not to use it to get back into bondage again, not to get bogged down with sin again, so we use our freedom to not sin. Um, so I would say that it's more more than a fear of punishment, because I believe there's no punishment. Like, for those in Christ, you know, there's only salvation. Jesus already paid for these sins. So it's more of like you, you want to do what's right and pleasing to the one who saved you and gave you eternal life versus... Punishment, because what punishment is there? There may be earthly consequences, but as far as, you know, hellfire or something like that, you're good with God. So I could do these things the Bible says don't do, but because I have this relationship with Jesus, I'm not going to do these things the Bible says not to do. That was a really long way to say what Chris said.
1: Yeah, no, no, and it's, I mean, and you could go with even, like, it's like, um the name escapes, um Uncle Ben, right? Peter Parker's uncle, right? With great power comes great responsibility. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, like yeah. So you can you, you could you could minimize them like that, but you could go with even lower hanging fruit than fornication or adultery, right? Lying, Lying right? Lying
0: is a sin. E- exactly, right? And yet, oh, um, so you it, would be fine? Okay, you may be fine with telling like little lies that don't hurt people. Well, is no, that where you're going?
1: Well, no, like no. It's, I would say that I, I, it is, it is my, uh, it's my position. That there are times when lying is the most moral thing you can possibly do. Okay. Right? Like, like for example, like everybody's familiar with the, you know, the Nazis knocking at the door dilemma, right? Um, so like, you know, give but for anybody who's not heard it, basically, you know, so you're you know, you're in uh you know, World War II, uh whatever, Poland, let's say, and Nazis knock at the door, right? And you've got uh, you know, you you are hiding uh Jewish people in your house somewhere. Right. And, and so, you know, and the, the Nazi says, you know, you know, any Jews here? The only moral thing to do is say, no, of course not. Anything else is evil. Like absolutely well... evil. And, and it's interesting because I have heard somebody, um, in fact, uh, what's his name now? His name escapes me. Um, Andrew Rappaport uh, from the uh, Striving for Eternity uh, YouTube channel. I was, on, I was on his uh, YouTube channel, and uh, Matt Slick was on there at the time. I think Matt Matt was on there, maybe somebody else. Anyway, it was at least uh, Andrew. And he said what he would do is he would, like, and, and this, this was the most, like, I've really, I, I've really appreciated the quote-unquote answers that anyone within this space has ever given me. But this is the lamest excuse slash answer I've ever heard anyone give me is he would say, he, he, he admits that he would say no, but what he would do is he'd say, no, not right here. And I, and like, and I said, when I poked him on it, like, what do you mean? He's like, well, no, there's no, there's no Jews standing here beside me. So I wouldn't technically be lying. And I had to stop my eyeballs from rolling clean out of my head when he offered such a lame excuse. Um, And, but, but he said that he, you know, he's like, no, 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 I wouldn't lie. I wouldn't in that situation. He actually said, and so you could probably find it on his YouTube channel. He said, I, I wouldn't lie. And that to me is just, that's, that's evil because your action, like, so if you lie, you know, you are saving lives. If you tell the truth, you know, you are sentencing the people that are hiding in your house to murder. And so, and 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 I'm I'm forced to I'm forced to say that that it, it's it's my belief that like at least for anybody like on stage right now. I I would I would go as far as to say, I, I know you'd lie, I know you would protect those people. And yet, you'd be sitting.
0: Yeah. So. Let me see if I can get all these points real quick, and then our, our, our view is unmuted. Maybe he wants to say something. I'll check in a second. But okay, so just since you—I'm um, not going to go full yay, I promise. Um, but just since you gave an absolute, let me just give a quick counter, perhaps, to that absolute. Uh, believing in the spiritual world and this God I claim, claim to believe in, this is where I'm coming from. So under your premise, you don't believe in a God. Anything other than that is evil. Sounds pretty correct. Maybe if we pondered it for a long time, there would be a natural way in which it wouldn't be, but I'm inclined to just concede, yes, under your premise, really darn evil. Um, However, um, if, for example, uh, we believe in this God in the spiritual world, I think we've talked about this before. And I mean, there's no way to disprove it. It's kind of like a, well, I guess if, um, which is all I need because, you know, absolute. So if someone was like just so sure that um, they are supposed to stand up and be like, I've got Jews hiding right there in that bookcase. And, um, you know, like they just know this is God's will for their life. This is just supposed to happen. And it's like Abraham and Isaac. Like they're doing this uh, having faith that they're not condemning the Jews and probably themselves to death, but God's going to do something miraculous here because otherwise that's exactly what's going to happen. And then lo and behold, you would get a modern day miracle where the people are like, why were you so bold? You knew you were going to die and kill them too and they're like because God uh, put this in my heart. And they're like which God? And they're like Jesus and then everyone becomes Christians and then, you know, the Nazis end up converting. So I no matter how outlandish you think that is, just to counter the absolutely no circumstance, I would say that. That being said, I'm not aware of any of of that with the Nazis and Jews and stuff, but I have heard testimonies which you know, maybe some's true, maybe some's false. I believe in the interest, I I do believe that some of it would be true, believing in this stuff. How you hear people like in in like um, African like war-torn nations and, you know, people confront like missionaries, uh, you know, and they'd be like, uh, you know, renounce Christ or I'm going to kill you. And they're like, no. And then they just start praying really loud and like, you know, um, praying, praying like really loud out in the open and everything. And these people become missionaries themselves, like these warlords end up converting because, you know, some reason i'm gonna say god you can say whatever but um you know then they go tell their testimonies they're like i had a knife through his throat like he just would not praying in the name of jesus and like i i don't know what happened like something just like you know maybe drop this and fall on my face before god so now i'm a preacher so i mean there are some testimonies even naturally right like there's there's i think a lot of testimonies if you google it real quick of from the warlord's perspective right so that would like dissuade like missionaries saying oh i need a fundraiser because i went and this happened it's more of the other side, like. Yeah, man, I, I can't go into like multiple countries because I would be arrested on the spot. I'm a bad dude, but I found Jesus and, you know, I was ready to kill this guy. And, uh, you know, Jesus saved me. So anyways, something no matter how rare or non-existent you think it is, that would just be something I'd bring up to to kind of push back a little bit. But as far as what you said, yeah, pretty much 90 percent, um, 99.99 percent, everyone's everyone involved is going to die. It's going to be really, really bad. Um, the last thing I'd say is I think I've also addressed this before is if, you know, push comes to shove, I would like to think I, would uh, you know, do, do the right uh, by your, by, you know, stand up and be like, I'm not going to lie, blah, blah, blah. But push comes to shove unless there was something unaware, I would probably be like, well, Mike makes the way things are. You have the might. So I, I may lie knowing that that's a sin, a willful sin. And then, you know, Uh, relying on God's grace to forgive me. That being said, I don't know that would happen, but just thinking like, you know, confronted with this and trying to put myself in this scenario, I think a lot of us would probably fib and, you know, ask God to forgive us and hope we didn't fail in some huge way. Um, That being said, we wouldn't really know. So maybe, maybe you would be the person in that very moment to be like, well, I used to be a Christian and now I still am. Oh my gosh. And like, you know, you're like, oh, God is real, and no, everyone's here hiding, and you know, you convert everyone.
1: No, I and it's fine. Like, I, I, I really appreciate the the answer. Even you know, like you know, long and drawn out. Yeah, w- sure, whatever. But but I think sometimes you you can't just you can't just give a Coles notes an- sorry, Coles notes is the Canadian version of Cliff Notes. If you're not aware, Coles um, is a bookstore, and they would do Coles notes. I'm sure they copied. No
5: idea. Thank you for clearing that up.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, so it, they're the, they're, they're the Canadian example, uh, uh, equivalent of cliff notes. So yeah, you, you can't give, you know, a super quick explanation all the time. Chris, I did get your link. I will look at it afterwards. I didn't look at it yet. Um, but, but yeah, and, and I appreciate that it's, and it, it's, yeah, there's, there's nothing more. We just keep on beating a dead horse, but I, I appreciate the answer.
0: Oh, Andrew, what's up, man? Yeah. Congratulations. You're the second person to get Chris's Oregon Trail reference. Yeah, of
13: course. I'm an old guy. Um Michael, who's the Who's the gun pointed at? Is
0: uh, unbelievers, I don't know. Chris. Uh... That, <laughs> wow.
5: What gun? What gun are we talking about? Who's
0: got a gun? Okay. Uh, Jesus. Uh my PCR. No, I saw it on a meme earlier today. There is a bottom half of the meme. I oh, I forget what it was. Maybe uh, I can find the original. But so it was uh, there was a bottom half of
10: it's definitely I'm
13: penetic, contra- Chris. <laughs> I'm stirring up
0: controversy again. Anyways, Andrew, to answer your question, uh, there was a meme, and there was a bottom half of the meme. I forget what it was, but it was like such, I think it was like such bad theology that the joke was, um, you know, they were speaking for God, like in such a bad theological way that he was coming out of the clouds to, you know, nice. rectify the situation. No,
11: the top half was like some crazy article from, in, from a news source saying that the Christian God, Yahweh, was actually sourced from a pagan god of chaos oh. and storms, and then yes. this was the bottom half of the, <laughs> <laughs> the right. response to the headline.
13: Okay, yes. Thank you, Steph.
0: Step okay. in You're welcome. Andricus, yeah, I have a question on your mind?
13: Uh, No, I, did, I, did, I just thought the uh, your profile pic was hilarious and just went <laughs> to. Add.
5: Well, thank it's you. pretty good. Take it. Steal it. You can take my uh, word on trail one, too.
13: How did we spend so much time staring at green and black screens without going blind,
12: Chris? Because it was
11: absolutely exhilarating. Kids will never yeah. know the anxiety of fording the river. You know, these kids. Bro.
5: No I think I... like we lived in Oregon Trail. It's like we were the pioneers that actually got dysentery and died.
8: Yeah. Wow.
0: You know, I, think when I when went to Oregon Trail I think we had an updated version and it was it was like color, like it was still like eight bit graphics. Yeah. It just
13: came out out uh, Apple came out. I know they have it on their on their arcade. They I okay, totally <sighs> updated orgage trail. It's pretty cool.
0: I had so much uh, deer meat that it kept turning rancid because I could I, I just all I wanna do is shoot the deer and it's like you my teacher we were playing at school. It was an educational game. Uh, my teacher's like, no, no, you have to, you know, only get as much as your people can carry because otherwise it'll go bad. And all I want to do is just keep shooting the deers.
5: Did anybody ever play Lemonade? No. No. Uh, I'm, see, I'm old. Lemonade was another Apple II game that we played. And I figured out the algorithm early on. And so I was just making money hand over fist no matter what the weather was like. It was fantastic.
13: Yeah, in my day, you were either playing Oregon Trail or Wolfenstein. And...
0: <laughs> I remember that. Uh, Wasn't there a Leisure Suit in Larry?
13: Yeah, yeah. I never played that because I was a good Christian. Ooh, no,
0: that was not allowed in
13: my house. No, that was way too racist.
0: I was going through my rebel phase.
5: Yeah,
0: like um. But I anyway,
5: forget so... that. Did you
0: steal cars or what? Did you do, sell drugs in on that one? No,
13: it was like hooking up with chicks. Yeah.
0: I remember one. You just like kept selling like drugs to make money. <laughs>
5: okay kids right. stay
0: in school stay in school read your bible don't do drugs the official that's the position official. of Ask
5: Christian is don't
0: sell drugs
1: that's right like uh, like, like, uh, like <laughs> Bill Nays says in um, sharing is caring no no in, in, uh, in Love Actually he says you know don't buy drugs he's like become a rock star and they give them you for free Right. exactly thank you
0: uh, alright Stephan Dippity bring us back from the edge yeah right we need Which some one? lady wisdom either yeah,
13: what's Can, I, let's just let's just That's
0: call really you let's We're just so whenever hard we hard say Stefan Dippity, yeah the other one was too hard when we say steph and we just mean both of you at the same time <laughs> it's true speak in unison
5: but so nate i sent you a really good article by norm geisler um and Stefan Dippity enjoyed norm geisler because he was like the arch arminian um before <laughs> he passed in the mid 20s, These things really do uh, apply
11: to 20s. both of us don't they right <laughs> They do.
5: Right? Yeah. so yeah he was so arminian that he got his entire seminary that he had founded to convert to catholicism it was a great day for the catholic church at any rate um
0: oh my gosh so, this is like a book. a
5: book what yeah oh it's super long i'm just saying post the link people can read it on their own i wasn't it wasn't the Chicago statement. I was expecting you to read it out loud. Goodness gracious! <laughs> okay. No, it just yes. It's just a. It's an exploration of of all types of ethics, both Christian and atheist, and it puts them on spectrums. And so, yes, and, and it's not a scholarly article. It's a popular article. So, it's it's specifically there so that you can kind of look through the different systems of ethics and see which one you decide fits you.
9: There,
0: okay no i posted such, that in the chat there's no huh? such
1: thing as atheist ethics doesn't exist
0: <laughs> yeah so i posted that in chat so you guys can take a look at that And yeah whenever i said uh stefan dipity and uh chris cut you off what he really meant was go make him a sandwich uh please say something either of you
1: dag i have to make the sandwich of course
10: egg and
11: cheese or grilled cheese
5: <laughs> oh grilled cheese.
11: She would actually make me a sandwich. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, not making, making anybody perfect. any sandwich. Could... <laughs>
5: I know, see? This is why my wife and Steph can get along because my, my wife would not murder Steph. She would well, I mean, she she... make me a sandwich? It'd be, it'd be game on.
0: She's also not going to tell you it's, it's a poison sandwich. You're, I mean, you're going to have to eat to figure that one out.
5: Don't mm-hmm. be
10: giving out the secrets uh, now. Uh...
0: The official possession of Ask a Christian is don't poison people. Oh my goodness. I'm gonna get myself in trouble.
5: See, Steph,
11: I repent. I repent.
5: Step two, our 2. Our 2. had you beat. She was gonna make the sandwich, but she was gonna include spite.
11: I'm taking notes.
5: Someone <laughs> just raised their hand. Who raised their hand?
11: Sometimes you just pain. have
10: to placate them, Steph. I'll so, think, Chris.
0: Sandwich, thanks. So,
1: Chris, I looked at that. Uh, I looked at that article just super briefly. I just read the first paragraph of it. Um, yeah, I. I, I don't believe in moral absolutes.
5: Right, so so I know, but like this this article contains more than just moral absolutes. It it goes through all of the different ethics and then it explores absolutes because because like look, if you don't believe in any moral absolutes, then there's not much of a discussion to have in terms of how the morality plays out. Plays out however the heck you want. Whereas with moral absolutes there can be You know, there's graduated absolutism. There's, like, all kinds of different variations of absolutism, and that's what this article kind of goes through.
1: I've never heard of either of those terms. I'm going to—I am going to—so, okay, here's a proposition. Chris, I am going to dissect this article. I would like you to come on our podcast and have a discussion
5: about it. I mean, I'm no Norman Geisler. I mean, he's dead. I guess i could give it a good shot i mean he hasn't talked com- about this you can well.
0: communicate with the dead and ask him right the idea is the position of ask a christian do not engage in force What
5: i would try. probably have to do is probably have to pick up his book that he wrote about ethics and read that to actually be prepared for something like that so i mean you know but i don't chop, want to go on and sound stupid
1: from here there's no there's no timeline but no it it is interesting so okay so here here's a question here uh, here's a question from the uh from the heathen side um, what is the atheist position on ethics and morality?
11: You have none. It's all fun and games, and there are no consequences. Ha ha!
1: Damn it, you got yeah. it the first time. Um, no, yeah, yeah. I mean,
5: well, I mean, yeah, sure. A little bit like you know, atheists are going to have different modes of ethics. Some atheists are going to, you know, subscribe to an absolutist moral, you know, framework. Some are not. Some are going to be anything goes. Some are going to be, you know, like it's not that there's atheists are going to be a monolith. And that's not what this article is talking about. What this article is really going through is like, you know, there's, I, I think it breaks it down to like five possible systems of ethics and I'm sure you can, you know, dissect them from there and come up with, you know, different ones and, and different you know, uh, ideas of how they could be blended or cut apart or whatever. But, you know, you kind of kind of to make it simple, it kind of goes through five different types of ethical systems and discusses. them. So
1: you had it right in your first sentence. Um, it, so and this is something that I've I've talked about at length with lots of different people. Um, I, I can't tell you how many times I've heard, well, you know, from an, from your atheist perspective, insert moral question here, athe, my atheism in no way, in zero, absolutely no way speaks to morality. Atheism is a, it's, it's not a fork. It's a stick. It's a, it's a, it's one chopstick. It's single prong. Do you believe there's a God? That's it. Full stop. There, everything else is something else. M- many philosophers that you'll find are are actually moral realists. They actually believe that there are some some moral absolutes. Um, but but that doesn't speak anything to their to their beliefs. So, and and I, I get this all the time, say, well, yeah, you know, it, it inform, no, it doesn't, it, it doesn't inform, it doesn't inform anything else. And it's, it's, uh, it's good. It's, it's, I was, I was pleased, Chris, to hear what it was that you said, because there, there, it, there is a spectrum, right? There will be people who take, you know, A stance uh, this way, B stance another way, C stance another way. And they all may be, uh, they all may be atheists. They all some may be agnostic. This, that, and the other thing, they, and a lot of that is also true for different believers that I've spoken to. I've spoken to Christians that are, and not to throw a grenade in your room, Nate, that are pro-choice. And so th- there's there's lots of different there's there's a spectrum, right? It's a it's a continuum. But I, I guess I just wanted to kind of offer that. Uh, up, Because I hear this all the time. Atheism speaks in no way to moral, in no way, shape, or form does it speak to moral. It doesn't even influence my moral decisions. Well,
5: and, and, I, and I get that, Michael. I think that what people are doing in some cases is skipping ahead, you know, because they've either heard badly or don't truly understand presuppositional apologetics And so when they're talking about intelligibility and moral systems, you know, how do you have intelligibility and moral systems without a God? What you're saying is, and and it's true, that's a completely different discussion from can you have a moral system as an atheist that does not include, um, you know, uh, that does include absolutes, etc. You know, like being a moral realist, moral anti-realist, you know the the entire spectrum is covered under atheism i think that what people do is that they badly skip ahead in terms of vantillian um apologetics and are like well you don't have any intelligibility for that which is again is a different discussion
1: it is a different discussion and and i've read i've read a few bits of uh, i've i've started to read more but I, i've i've read <laughs> again i'll say it again the cole's notes of some and i i got one of his books and i'm i'm starting to read it to try to understand the insanity that is presuppositional apologetics, um, but um, from from what I've read, because I've read a little bit of Greg Bonson as well, and it seems to me, and I'd be curious in, in, to to hear the perspective of some of the some of the some of you here, but it seems to me that Bonson, how can I be charitable about this? I'm not sure I can. Bonson, I don't think. Looks took it in the same slant as 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 Van as Van Til did, um, and I'm cu- I'm going to be curious to see if the more I read on both of them, how because I think they're going to diverge a bit, and I'm curious to see how much they diverge.
5: That would be that would be correct. Yeah, they do diverge. You know, uh, Bonson was Van Til's student, so keep that in mind.
0: So then, let's see. Anyone else have anything else? I'm going to have to run in just a few minutes. This was a good discussion. Michael, we were dying. We were floundering around until you got here. I'm, I'm glad you joined us and uh, set us on a track.
1: Well, I, I will try to keep my uh, keep my work life uh, out of the way in, uh, in times to come. Um, <laughs> but, but what I will say, uh, on a completely um, uh, side note... Uh, and some, somewhat selfishly, please don't try to be too jealous. Um, but I was sitting down just uh, over the last couple of days, and I've worked out my retirement date. So pretty soon, you'll have me full time. Oh, like in the next six months? Oh, no, no, three years. But, um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> but I am, really I am dead by the. But I am stoked. I well, I'm pretty stoked to be retiring at fifty five. Um That so, is nice. Yeah.
0: Well, congratulations and we'll throw you uh, I don't know, a holy retirement party. Maybe you'll uh maybe you'll uh, I don't know. I was gonna work in a conversion joke. Don't want to pressure you too much. No pressure, but uh repent. Um
5: oh, everyone right. <laughs> Yeah I like, have my Let's uh, talk more about that, that ethical stuff like uh, what I would love to do as a precursor is if you wanted to open a room, um, not, probably not today because I got a jammed work schedule, but you know, at some point this week um, to talk through that, that Geisler article and I'll get the book or maybe we can both get the book and read through it and have a discussion. I don't know.
1: I'm totally down for that. Yeah, I, I think it would be really, I think that would be a great conversation. Uh, Morality is one of my favorite things to talk about. Um, and you and I have always communicated really well, so I'm excited to, at the possibility of having that conversation. For sure, uh, absolutely. S-
0: Stephan Dippity, do you remember that song by Switchfoot? There was a line in, in one of their songs that went like, uh, I don't want to read the book, I'll watch the movie. That's me.
11: <laughs> no, I don't remember that song, but I do love me some Switchfoot.
0: I think it was Kim6A. Hang on, let me find that. This is the most important thing we may cover today.
5: This is, what is Switchfoot? Oh, what? Paris. Seriously, like, what
11: a switch movie. It's a band of the Reliant K era.
0: <laughs> yes, this is it. You guys heard it?
11: <laughs>
5: oh, yes, that's great. Did you ever, did you ever listen to bad. that Christian death metal that I sent
11: you? No, not yet. Thank you for reminding me. I get links in my back channel, and then I save them, and then I forget them. Yeah, I, I came across
0: some Christian death metal that. too. I'm sorry. This one was like from the you 80s. Send it to you. Yeah, I wonder if it's the same. If it's the same one I was listening to.
1: I, I'm sorry, back, back, back the train up. Christian <laughs> death metal.
0: Oh, there's a lot. Yes, of Yes, and is all <laughs> about apparently,
5: metal, so it's a apparently,
0: <laughs> apparently, depending how far down this rabbit hole you go, you will uncover white metal, which I think there's a like. Aryan white supremacy version of white metal, but the one we're talking about is like, you know, to contrast like black metal, like, you know, like satanic kind of spiel black okay, metal yeah. with white metal. So if you find something with a bunch of like Nazi signs, that's not what we're talking about. Um, it's, okay. it's like in the in the purity of Christ type uh, metal. So um,
5: okay. how like freedom of field endorse <laughs> Nazism or any affiliated affiliated in ID- Yes, well, uh, you know, don't be a Nazi. You know, Nazis are bad.
1: Yeah, you know what's really funny, and I say this only partially joking, is there have been more than a few people, and and I'll say this like to, to Nate and I, fellow brothers in baldness. Um, there, like, there are times we have to be when you have to be careful about that stuff because you say white anything, and then they look at a white uh, white dude with a shaved head, and they're like, oh man, you're well, you're clearly a Nazi, right? Um, so yeah, you you do have to kind of be careful about that, more careful than you need to be, because I don't care what color your skin is, if you're a good person, you're a good person. Um, but yeah, you do have to be careful. Sometimes.
5: Through that, Chris, shave your head and you'll see, you'll share our point.
1: Don't give me those eyeballs.
5: Michael, Michael, do you want to, do you want me to send you the link to the, to the Christian death metal?
1: Yes. Now I have to, right? Of course.
5: It's a, it's a, um, it's a five hour, um, rock opera.
11: Oh yeah, that's why
5: the entire book of Revelation. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, send me that. I did not hear that.
11: Can you at the same?
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Can you at the same time link me a divorce attorney because I'll probably need <laughs> that too.
3: So let's see.
0: Um, best. Uh, I looked for Christian death metal. Was not really death metal? It's more like Christian metal, like Mortification, Living Sacrifice. I saw them in concert. That was great. Um. All right. So. Oh so, uh, yeah,
5: these are just so, Christian. Yeah. Nate, just look up Savior Machine Legend. That's all you want. All right. It's five and a half hours. There's an overture where it goes through all of the different characters in the book of Revelation. They each have their own piece of music. Um, Eric Clayton was a was a classically trained musician. And my son hates every note of their music and says Am that I it's look- absolutely horrible.
0: Am I looking he's a for like a- and I legend hates it. A video or like just music because the only one I found was an yeah. hour and
5: 18 minutes
11: yeah it, that's the yeah, part no. one
5: that's part yeah. one oh. there's, there's <laughs> five parts it's, it's All right. five or six hours long
0: uh, okay I'm gonna so far I'm like a minute wait in. hold on I got it
4: sound.
5: yeah that's it that's
8: Oh yeah,
5: Chris.
1: What's oh, hey, the name of the...
8: Jam. Oh, this
5: is great.
1: <laughs> Chris, what's the name of the Norm Geisler book?
5: Um, I'm driving. Oh. I gotta look it up. Um, look up Norm I, uh, Geisler ethics.
0: Wait, the article the article, article, I, has you, book s-
5: called... the article you sent me—is that what you're talking about? Well, that's an article, but Norn Geisler also wrote a book about ethics that oh. goes into all of this much deeper. I mean, that article I sent you is only like 1,500 words.
0: Uh, uh, lies. It's 10,000, and you know it.
5: Is it 10,000 words? Really?
0: It's certainly not 1,500. <laughs> You're like, oh, yeah, the Council of whatever it was, Chicago's Statement of Faith, it's like, you know, it's like 500 words, like... 15 minutes later my eyes are like bleeding people are like nate please stop we
5: get it just please stop reading
1: is, is it, it. Tit- is it titled christian ethics options and issues
5: uh is it by norm geisler yeah. yes 1991 that's
1: it okay yep, yep yep all right found and
0: bought
5: oh sweet well you're you're ahead you of me have- because I gotta, I'm still driving to Lake Nona, so I gotta stop. Hey, if
0: you're in a book buying mood, why don't you check out the Ask a Christian book now available on Amazon? Shameless plug. What? Oh, hey, well, wait I, a I, I do use, uh, I, what? I use, uh, like, what's that? What?
11: Nate, you wrote that. a book? Where, okay, first yeah. of all, where are our royalties? I'm waiting on the contract. I've heard nothing. Second of all, what what could you have possibly filled a book with from this room? Actually, there's a lot of good. All right, we need the link.
0: It's in every podcast I ever do. How do you? Uh, you guys hate me?
11: No, I don't do podcasts. No,
5: we just don't listen to your podcast because we're making the podcast content for you for free. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. Hey, to be fair, I I think this was pre stuff.
11: Ah, well, Chris is waiting on his contract then.
0: okay I get a great dinner dinner? if you want the link I'll give it to you Uh, you know I mean lunch technically dinner is uh, the largest meal of the day which I think is actually going to be lunch
11: yeah okay whatever can you post the link to your book please because
0: yeah fine let me find it
11: you mentioned it you dropped it like a bomb and now we need to see it
0: all right
5: want to read this or something
0: talk amongst hey, steph, yourselves like i gotta find this thing
5: hey steph i'm 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 almost to the most hoity-toity part of um orlando it's called lake nona and the median like the median house here is like 1.6 mil
11: and i know oh, in, yeah i'm in, moving
5: in, in, in new york that's like that's like $300,000. But here in Florida, like 1.6 mil is a crazy amount of money for a
11: house. No, yeah, I mean, the... I do a ton of real estate a year, right? Like I've been the top selling agent for two years now. And uh, my median house sale is 125. So there you go. Or my average, I should say my average house sale.
5: Wait,
1: yeah, 125 so that's a. 1.
11: 125,000. Oh,
0: oh, so that's a, that, that's a garage here. Your house is $125,000?
11: No, my house is $89,000. Uh, but uh, my average house sale, like, uh, okay, I cleared $10 million in sales last year, and my average sale was $125,000. So wow. I had to do like 50 sales to total $10 million. But in Florida, I would have only had to do 10. You see what I'm saying there? So move to Florida? Yeah, that's what, yes. This is the math I have also arrived at.
5: There you go. There you go, Steph. See? You could live in a red state. You could live with like a sane governor. You can live with like freedom and like, you know, clean water, whatever else they don't have in New
11: York. Yeah, that all no sounds snow. really good. But you guys also have alligators and bath salts and Florida man. So I don't know. Might be a <laughs> toss up.
5: It's a toss up. Okay,
0: there you go. Hurry and click on that link so I can go to lunch. It's posted at the top. It's on Godless Amazon. If you have Kindle, Kindle, whatever, okay, unlimited. Hold on. I'm going to
11: unmute so I can look at this. Uh, nine ninety nine, huh? A common sense or approach to free questions with Christina. Kindle Unlimited. Yeah, I see that. Where's your right, summary? I need, I need a Ooh. free thrower? Ask a question is a book that takes a practical approach. When did you, okay, what is the content of this book like?
0: It's uh um, more in depth because oftentimes we're like, like speed boating, like blah, 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 blah. blah. So it's a more, uh, exhaustive approach to, you know, the questions we've got for the last 10 years, 12 years now of doing this stuff. So a lot of the common questions, like the, the stuff I'd really like to give full answers for, um, it tackles those topics. So instead of having to, you know, like spit things out in 30 seconds, it's like, look, here, here's what we actually think the answers are. Like, this is what I'd, all the stuff I really want to say when everyone's like talking over each other that. And, uh, you know, so like a lot of the practical questions, practical questions, how, you know, the whole like mission of, of, you know, this clubhouse room, at least from my, my hope for it, how, you know, Christians who are maybe new or on shaky ground or get hit with these like, you know, arguments that they've never heard before. And they're like, Oh my God, God is a lie. Um, because of some clever thing. It's like, look guys, you're on a firm foundation. No one's going to disprove God for the foreseeable future ever. So, um, you know, stand on your faith, build on a solid foundation. Like that's the point. And then like having civil discussions with people like the second part of first Peter three fifteen. like, you know, the gentleness and respect part. So it, it really focuses on that. So it's, yeah, it's tackling a lot of the questions that, uh, you know, have arisen for like over a decade now. And then like my approach on the best way to go about this to, you know, draw people in, not like push them as far as you can away from Christ.
1: Did you collaborate with, uh, with, uh, Roy at all with this?
0: Uh, no, it's, it's all me. Um, I, I, I think uh, Roy and some of the other people like the OGs like Lou's on there. Um, like this was, this is a republish. Like I, I did another book. You can find it on Amazon now cause I can't figure out how to take it away. Cause apparently there's some print books, but like, uh, back in the Google plus days, like some of the ones that are still around, like, uh, you know, Roy, Lou, Mark, uh, one of our Jewish friends, Gav, um, a guy named jason a couple other people that used to be in the google plus days when i started this um they've got a page but now it's, it's like thank you no collaboration i wrote
11: your review
0: there you go that means you must have spent more than 50 dollars in the last month on amazon right uh is that I how was... you
11: get to review things
0: <laughs> i w- i was told that was that
11: was the criteria for leaving reviews
0: oh really oh
1: no I... Anybody can leave a review <laughs> on anything.
11: Oh, because I might have just outed myself. Oh, yeah. Because I'm really addicted to Amazon.
0: Yeah. Well, have you spent more than $50 in the last uh, month on Amazon, Michael?
1: Absolutely, yeah. Uh, probably yep. more in the last 48 hours. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Well, some-
0: oh, gosh. Well, someone who hasn't try to leave a review and see if it works? Only if it's good, though.
11: <laughs> I left you a one-star review. Nate is obnoxious. Of course he did. <laughs> Avoid God this book. You. Nah, I left you a five star review. I haven't read the book, but I'm sure it's great.
0: <laughs> did you write? That? Did you write that? I haven't read this. I'm sure it's not a complete piece of crap. No,
11: and you know what else? I'm not. Uh, I don't. I try not to lie because it's a sin. So I reviewed you, <laughs> not the book. Like nowhere did I say I read the book. So there you go. Oh,
0: Michael, this is going to be bad for you, Steph. Uh, God uh-huh. may punish you, oh, Michael. Great. Um, going back to the Nazi thing, when, oh, when yeah. the guy gave the lame excuse, you said the lame excuse, and I agree. Yes. Um, the part there's a verse in the Bible specifically that talks about how basically deception is the same spirit and like equivalent to a lying. Like you know how um like you know, look on a woman with lust and you've committed adultery in your heart? The same thing. It, it compares a deception uh to lying. So just, just for the record, if you're confirmed with that again, uh maybe yeah, you can yeah. Google Google the and verse. I think, but yeah, that's like so slimy.
1: Well, I think also, and I think this is another point that you would agree on. Um, cause you've said this, you said this a lot, like if you, if you think that you're doing something and you think that it's sinful in your heart, then, then you have committed a sin. So yeah, like, I mean, I, yeah, I, I agree with, I agree basically is the, uh, is the, the short answer that, that, yeah, I mean, you, <laughs> it seems like overly, what's the ter- what's that term? What's that term? Uh, legalistic, Right. I didn't actually lie, right? There's no Jew standing right next to me. Um, yeah, it's just, I, I can't imagine on what planet someone who claims to be a Christian would think that that's not being deceptive in some way.
0: All right, thank you, chat GPT. Uh, yes, deception, let's see. Uh, in Proverbs 12, 22, the Lord, um, oh, I haven't read this. Let's see. Okay. Hey,
5: you realize we're going to replace you Chat
0: GPT. I'm going rep- I'm, to I'm just give you like, hey chat GPT I need you to form create a persona that um, on a dime I can say um, you're an idiot or you need to learn how to read a book <laughs> then oh, anyways Proverbs 12 22 yeah. the Lord just has lying lips but he delights in uh, we're, we're reading sacred scripture uh, Chris uh, but he delights in people who are trustworthy this verse makes it clear that eh. no there's a verse that says it I don't need an interpretation I'm sure there's a verse that says it um, indicating the deception. I don't want indicating. I'm, I'm sure. Chris, are you familiar with this? Here's your chance uh, for chat GPT to not replace you. Also, are you familiar with a verse that specifically talks about deception? Not lying that you interpret to be deception, but like straight up deceiving.
5: I mean, besides the fact that the Satan's, one of Satan's titles is deceiver.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought you like called it out, right? Like, so there's like, like. Do not deceive, or blah, blah, blah. Or deception is like lying, or maybe not that on its nose, but.
5: I mean, the one I'm thinking of right off the top of my head is do not be deceived. God is not mocked. You'll
0: yeah, not that son. one.
5: So there's probably something in the Proverbs, depending on the translation that you use. So, Steph and Michael, I just sent you the Legend Part 1. that's part one of six but you do have to listen to them in order or they don't make sense
11: are they going to make sense anyway
5: are we going to be able to understand them do
0: they have subtitles
5: I mean no I'm going to say no
0: yeah chatbot's failing or it's not in the bible
5: could be like God helps those who help themselves that's not the Bible
0: no I, I I mean I' was thinking in my mind it, it would be something that kind of read like you know um lying is a sin, but uh, deceiving is the same type of spirit or maybe like something worded similar like that like kind of like how Jesus says um I just forgot Our. Anyways, okay, maybe it's not in the Bible. I'll have to research that later. But I really thought there was something like, you know, there is a there's a sin un, unto lying that is deception, or I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm crazy.
1: Yeah, I did okay. a quick search and the only thing I could find was what Chris is referring to in Galatians.
0: Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Deceive well, it I up. Mean, Just getting the official position of asking Christians do not deceive.
5: Deceiving and lying are the exact same thing. They're synonyms for each other, so I'm not
0: Well, sure. I would think like deceit like uh, Okay, yeah, so the intent would be behind it, but then you're interpreting again. I, I was looking for a thing, because, I mean, lying, like, you're not... Hmm, yeah, I mean... Um, maybe you're right, Father Chris. Just
5: saying. Might work on trail, says it all.
0: <laughs> okay, now I'm thinking of a catchy saying. Um, what was it? Someone, someone get this right, and we can all go home. Uh, when at first we try to deceive... What a Tangled Web We Weave? Is that how that goes?
1: Well, you reversed it. It's what a tangled web web we weave when we practice to deceive.
0: Ah, thank you, Michael. Uh, Reverend,
9: did you want to say anything, Reverend? Yeah, I would say the word may not be in the Bible the way we want it to be, but what is in the Bible is that Abraham and Rahab are in the Hall of Faith for what they did. And they are also the two examples— and Saint. James's Hall of Works for the same exact thing so that uh, I would reconcile this by saying that uh, faith works and the work of Abraham was to sacrifice a son and God doesn't uh, want sacrifice and we're not supposed to do human sacrifices and we're not supposed to lie but you know Rahab hit the spies, and uh, she's in the hall of faith for that. Uh, Saint, what'd you, uh,
0: do you want to say something about this? Three, two, one. Yeah, and, and Reverend, you didn't say oh. it, but yeah, just um, Oh. yeah, what's up? Did you have a something to add on to this topic?
8: Uh, it just had to do with lying, with the uh, problem, like when Christians, it says like if Nazis, you're hiding Jews and Nazis come to your door, is it, would it be a sin to lie? The best response I've heard to that is above all, we're called to love people and that would trump it. Does that make sense? So, like, we wouldn't be loving those people if we told the Jews where they, or the Nazis where they were. Is that would you agree that we're called to love people above all? And if yeah, we come so into a in this dilemma? Article.
5: Yeah, it's described yeah. In this article. I'll send it to you.
0: And that's how we kind of get, like, you know, people will say, you know, like I would say, I would make this case and say, like, you know, there is objective morality from God. But as humans, we're all going to be subjective in how we live up to it. Like all trying the best. Like some may think it's, you know, OK to tell a little oopsie lie because, you know, they're loving God and loving their neighbors himself. Um, others would say, "No, I have faith that God's going to, you know, split the sky open and convert all these Nazis um, or whatever." So, I mean, everyone's going to be subjective in how they try to hopefully do the right thing. And you know, some people have said, "No one here said it," but before someone said that, um, you know, the Bible doesn't say uh, outright um, that that lying was us. A... Now I can't even remember how they made that case, but they were basically saying, like, you know, they're a Christian. And I believe them. That, that lying obviously like liars will have their partner like a fire so you they have the foundation so they know lying is wrong but there was there was oh, it was about bearing false witness that that's what it was they, they were trying to compa- compare and contrast with the bearing false witness and they were saying no under that circumstance it would be fine to tell a lie because it's you know for the for the good or something like that and then they just made a claim that the bible um I don't remember the conversation because I know they wouldn't have said the Bible doesn't say that lying is a sin because they believe lying is a sin. Anyways, for the record, if anyone ever brings up this thing that I don't know what I remember, uh, Leviticus 18, for the record. Oh, one of the 613 laws of Moses. That was it. They were saying there's nothing in the 613 commandments that says don't lie, but there, there probably is. Anyways, Leviticus 18:13 specifically says you shall not not steal nor do falsely nor lie to one another. So there was something about like they were saying like you can you can lie but you can't bear false witness so if you're lying to like save people from a fire or nazis or i don't know something like that they're like no no you just can't bear false witness that's wrong i i honestly don't remember that conversation because i know if you said as lying as a sin they'd say yes someone save me all right it's time to go <laughs>
11: Uh, final announcement for the day. Anyone, uh, who's not Chris, who's interested in continuing through, uh, flowers, God's provision for all, we're going to start that back up. So we have a little meeting to gauge interest on Thursday. Ooh, uh, to, not no, Chris. no, no, no. Chris is allowed. Nope. Are you, are you afraid? Are you afraid? Anyone? No, no, yeah, not afraid. Because you
5: know, that latent flowers can't stand up to even an uneducated layman. <sighs>
11: Okay, no Chris is yes, allowed. I We're going to have a sign on the door. <laughs> can he come and only not uses the German Chris? accent? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Anyone who's not Chris, for the obvious reasons, is welcome to come to go through Leighton Flowers. Chris, you can come. You're just going to have to stay in the audience and no chat for you. Come, come get, get some it. education.
5: I will read the book beforehand so I can be well prepared for his nonsense argument. Oh,
11: this is the worst. This is, I should, okay, have, guys, I should vi- have thrown Chris <laughs> my, out and then said it.
0: My visiting parents are hungry. I got to run.
11: All right, Bye, guys, guys. Take care. Have
0: an awesome day. See you later.